Hello again, and thank you for downloading episode two of the I Gotta Ask podcast. My name is Daryl Oliveira. I am the host of this program, and my guests today were brothers Mike and Brad Kazrin. Um, what an amazing time I had talking to these guys. I've known them for over 15 years, um, and they've been nothing but super kind and sweet to me every time we've ever hung out. Uh, if you don't know Mike and Brad, they've played in all kinds of different bands over the last 20-plus years, uh, including influential hardcore band Grade, and subsequently, or simultaneously really, uh, one of my favorite bands to this day still, Somehow Hollow. Uh, we talked about all kinds of different things, but some main points uh, were that we talked about what it was like to be signed to Victory Records with both of those bands, what it was like to tour the world with both of those bands, and what Brad's relationship with uh, Kyle Bishop, the frontman for Grade, uh, was like back then and what it actually is like now. And then we talked a little bit about their really good friend and my close acquaintance, Kent Abbott, who unfortunately is no longer with us. But they shared some really great stories about Kent, just what it was like to know him and how he got along famously with everybody that, that met him and knew him and um, you know how much he is missed to this day. So before I wrap this up, I just want to say thanks again for listening. Um, if you like what you hear in this episode, please share it any way that you can. Uh, like it, like the Facebook page, like it on SoundCloud. Uh, it's really fun to do, and I really want to continue to do it. And if the the listenership is there, I you know it's just in, it's more inspiration for me to keep recording episodes and keep putting them out as often as I can. So without further ado, let me roll the intro music and allow you to hopefully enjoy my conversation with Mike and Brad as much as I did. Enjoy. How you doing, guys? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks Good. for having us. Thanks Good for being Darryl. down here, man. It means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It was a little hard-pressed to get some time in, but I mean, we'll make it work yeah, when we I'm, can. I'm sure. Like, I know you're busy today, Brad. You got to oh, plan a wedding know. today? It's just life, yeah. Is it That's Dirty Pioneers playing today? Yeah, I'm a yeah. wedding uh, schlubber now. I schlub weddings. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, it's good. It's all good. Whatever. You're still playing I music. Pay, and, yeah, you know, I got to you know, pay the bills. It's like Somehow. I said in the intro to my podcast, like, uh, you know, I'm just so every time I see somebody doing it, like still making music in any way, whether it's covers or whatever, I'm just, I get so jealous. Cause like I never, I didn't keep it up. I didn't keep up my skill. You know what I mean? It's and tough. Now, yeah, it it's is a tough life. <laughs> Finding the right guys to do with or girls, yeah. like in your case, you know, girls and guys and whoever. It's yeah. A, it's not a Definitely. fun, it's yeah. not a fun, yeah. sometimes it's not a fun ride. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough road either way you go. I mean. I, I envy Brad for being able to do it as a living yeah. and and teach it and really hone his skills at where mm-hmm. as I, you know, in the early 2000s just kind of dropped off. Yeah. In a, in a sense, I guess. Oh. But I still keep up with it as much as I can. But I mean, he's really honed he's his still craft. So. Yeah. He's still ripping it, Mike. <laughs> still rip it in yeah. my car. How's your, uh, <laughs> <laughs> how's your folks doing? Is Norm doing good? Uh, Norm is. I've only ever met Norm. I never. I've never met your mom. Yeah, Norm is. Uh, he's a. <clears throat> he's a character. Uh, we come from a pretty big family, right? Yeah, and uh, they all are from this area, right? <clears throat> Hespler. And uh, 
um, that we, you know, our personality is a direct, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're a direct descendant from yep. those guys. And when you meet them, you kind of go, you know, and we're, me and Mike are always shaking our heads at them, right? Like, Oh geez, you know, man, I can't believe these guys act like this, but in all reality, <laughs> <laughs> we're exactly the same. Right. And, uh, you well, know, yeah, like I know it's inevitable we're going to end up exactly yeah. in the same boat when you, you can fight it as much as you yeah. want, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're products of your parents, man. There's no getting around it. Nobody avoids it. Well, you know, my dad, he's uh he's a he's a guy and you know, everyone I talk to says when they meet him, he's just instantaneously a likable guy. Yeah. And yeah. it's so true, right? And and maybe, you know, you have your own perception of, of yourself and maybe he doesn't realize that, but people really gravitate towards him and He's a inspiration to see him still, you know, playing the guitar and singing and yeah. And yeah. <clears throat> it's funny yeah. you should say that because I, I know we were chatting just a little bit before the show here, but um, my buddy Rob, who was the best man at my wedding, just played your cousin's wedding, Katie's wedding, right? And so he, he's playing chords at the at the show or like at the ceremony, and then he kind of like quasi DJed a little bit, and then he's like, uh, "You got Brad and Mike coming on?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I just played drums for his dad and his un- for their dad and their <laughs> uncle," and I'm like, "What?" Like the world feels about as big as this room sometimes, you know? Yeah, there's so many of them out there though. I watched a bit of video from that. It's Did pretty, you? Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Norm. No, I didn't see Normie's. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see Normie's video, but I got to see him. How Uncle late Bob. into the night was it? Um, I you can't tell. It's really dark, but it <laughs> looks like they've. Last I knew, in. I went to my parents' house on the Saturday for Father's Day, and <laughs> it was like they were supposed to leave for the wedding in about an hour, and and uh, Uncle Bob called and said they have a bus leaving from his house, so they could all go. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about well, right. And it was just kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's wow. ridiculous. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, sorry, Mike, go on. No, sisters no, with their, a billion kids. I think it was and now all those kids have kids. I think it was wow. six and two. Six and two? Six six boys, two girls. No. <laughs> I don't even eight and two. Uh, That's sorry. how big it is. You can't keep track. Sorry, Dad. I if you uh, listen to this, I don't even know. Yeah. Well he even admits he can't keep track and <laughs> neither can we. But we'd used to up until maybe a couple years ago we'd have family reunions still and yeah. you couldn't do them in houses anymore. They always had to be wow. rented out. Yeah, there'd be like sixty to seventy people. Wow. Them. Yeah, the Catherine it's a it's a big name. And then um, my grandfather was uh, he's a Miltonite. Okay. Um, and so his brother you know, he had just as big of a family as well, mm-hmm. and they're all Catherines. Oh wow! So actually, one of them is Chris Catherine, who's in the, what's his band called? Uh, they're on Equal Vision, um, which you know you might not know that another Catherine. No. Uh, Cold Cold Front. Wow! And they're on Equal Vision Records, mm-hmm. and he's a Catherine that I only met maybe five or six years ago. Oh wow! <laughs> Showed up to a family reunion and was like, "Hey, I'm your cousin, Chris." Or maybe he 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 uh, friended me on Facebook yeah. and I said who's you know who's this Chris Catherine like I know all the Catherines and it's like no I don't know there's like another fifty of them in Milton yeah like when so. I I like I grew up in Cambridge you guys are from like you said we're the family's Cambridge. originally yeah. from Hespler right? yeah Hespler yeah. yeah yeah I was we were born and raised in uh, Preston okay yeah yeah, yeah that's right because you told me you went to um, 
I went to it's a grade school you Ryerson went to there. Yeah, Ryerson. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. that's awesome. I went to uh, St. Mike's and St. Mike's okay. yeah. up until grade three, and then they uprooted us to um, Grand Bend. Yeah, I remember you guys were telling me you, you kind of moved around a little bit, right? Yeah, like over the years. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a big move. Because I went to high school with uh, Chad Catherine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. Never put two and two together. Katie yeah. Catherine as well. Katie, she's a couple yeah. years younger she's than me. Wedding, and she doesn't yeah. really know me, but um, I know of her and like she's friends with friends of mine. And um, and then so I, you know, you guys somehow Hollow Record comes out. I, I was never like a huge fan of Great. I was a fan, but not very late. Like, right. you know, and then um, probably the record that you worked on with them. Yeah. And then uh, and then all of a sudden, like I meet you guys and start talking. Tell me you're from Cambridge. And I start you know, putting two and two together. Like yeah, there's Chad Catherine, like uh, Chad Catherine, your I cousin. Know all these guys. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like the world and the world just yeah. felt so small. I just picture you guys being from, I didn't even know you're from Canada. Like I thought you guys were from, you <laughs> yeah, know, Jay, else. I mean, you know, Jay, Jay Catherine, he's Chad's brother. He, they all went to the same school too. Um, God, uh, Bill Catherine. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, I and there are, never are a lot of them, them still together. in Cambridge then. I, yeah. Yeah. They're all a lot still of them there. stuck around. Yeah. There's one, uh, one, like I said, there's some Milton people, Cambridge, Hespler people. And then, there's uh some of them are in london okay. ontario yeah and where so where did you go to uh, you went to grand bend <coughs> after cambridge mm-hmm. yep and then where like when did you get to burlington uh, i know yeah. you guys moved to burlington yeah so basically we i spent about a decade in grand bend yeah um up until i was probably 19 I okay actually, my mom wanted me to go to a catholic school a high school once mm-hmm. i was done grade school and uh the only two options for high schools around us was uh exeter and forest which uh but for not for catholic school no 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 not for catholic in stratford this i'm trying to get to my point that my mom wanted me to go to a catholic school and my sister okay not brad for some reason (laughs) (laughs) she knew better a lot the place would burst into flames you walk in there like fire shooting out of the they sent me they literally i was you know looking when you think back to your childhood you it's so confusing i don't even Mm -hmm. know what's going on but for some reason, I went to a different high school than these two did. <laughs> so anyway, but we were still living in the same house. They, uh, my mom found um, a school in Stratford that uh, they were busing kids in from our area because there was no Catholic schools right. around. Okay. I think it was um, Centralia. No, uh, I forget the other place, but it was Stratford, and that's where we went. Me and my sister ended mm-hmm. up going, and. Uh, so I went from Grand Bend to Stratford, and then once I was done high school there, I, I stuck around that area for a while and worked in a factory. Okay. Got uh, accepted to Sheridan, which is how I ended up in the GTA in okay. uh, Oakville. Lasted maybe a month at Sheridan and realized that I had, you know, a pretty big student loan that I could do a lot oh, with. Oh, and yeah. I <laughs> uh, decided they to like uh, buy some new musical instruments. Oh, nice. And, uh, me and uh, Kent and Drew all lived in the same townhouse. Okay. I convinced them to come down because the band was really starting to get going then. Yeah, yeah. So we, we decided to do that full time. Is that and where you met them then in Grand Bend? No, I Stratford. met Kent. Or oh, sorry, yeah. Kent Stratford. and Drew uh, from Somehow Hollow from uh, Stratford. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can get into that yeah. later on. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, So when did you get to the Burlington scene then? Because <clears> I know like you guys sort of came up through bands that came out of the Burlington scene, obviously like grade and yeah, like it's real simple. I, uh, I, um, graduated high school in forest, Ontario, and then I moved to, uh, London, Ontario to go to college. And, um, I went to Fanshawe mm-hmm. and, um, I can still remember it. I, I, 
brought a guitar with me. Mm-hmm. I was a drummer. Okay. Like, so I played drums all through high school. Really? And, uh, I was going to bring my guitar to college and I literally got to college and, um, you know, the first weekend I went to a, a keg party down there and I met a bunch of guys, um, who I'm still talk to today. And, uh, they were in a band and they needed a drummer. Mm-hmm. So the next week I, I went back home and got my drum set, even though nice. I decided I wasn't going to play right. uh, up there. And, um, but I was always kind of dabbling in the guitar, you know, mm-hmm. punk rock with, that was it, you know, just kind of playing along to, uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. dead milkman records and all that stuff and just trying to learn how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. And eventually I formed a band called voice of reason and I played guitar in it and it was like a, you know, pretty you know, it wasn't a good band looking back now, but uh, <laughs> but it was know, a start, it had right? the right attitude, yeah. I guess. I, I'd say if you were gonna think of a band, we were probably most influenced by, and then would be like Good Riddance, yeah. probably, yeah, right? So yeah. kind of a hardcorey punk, sure, kind of tinged. And uh, a friend of ours uh, that went, we went to school with, that was in the MIA program, which is the uh, the recording program in Fanshawe. Okay, Ryan Izzard started a record label called United Records. And asked me, he goes, would do you, would you want to put a record out on um, a record label? And you really got to go back to these times. It's kind of hard to, you, you know, you'd remember them. But yeah. there was like CDs were, were, were out, but only if you were like, you know, like on Capitol Records or yeah, something like yeah. this. And I remember like this was going to get pressed on a CD. Yeah, that I still remember that time. being like, yeah. what, a CD? <laughs> like, it's like insanity, right? To think that you're going to, you mm-hmm. know, be able to push buttons and yeah. go track to track. And yeah. Uh, so we said, yeah. So we recorded the album in the, the in Fanshawe. Uh-huh. And uh, the other band that he had on the label was a band called Trunk, which yes. is from Burlington. Yes. And they were on Raw Energy Records yep. and uh, had done a seven inch on United Records. Uh-huh. So after we finished this record and, you know, I kind of knew school wasn't going to work out for me because uh, <laughs> I had dropped out. It's like Mike after a year and a half. Um, and, uh, you know, we booked a cross Canada tour. Wow. And so the first... Uh, night I met Trunk was in like Thunder Bay. Okay. And uh, if you know anything about those days, Mike would know all this stuff. Like it was a wild uh, time in in that yeah. lifestyle because the punk rock thing was kind of just like boiling into the mm-hmm. like boy band punk was what we would call it or yeah. frat boy punk, which mm-hmm. we were kind of like, you know, right on top of. And uh, so it was just nothing but beer bongs and... <laughs> nudeness and uh, <laughs> girls and uh, and yeah. all this. So I ran into those guys and I guess it was just a perfect storm to meet those guys when I did because, you know, we got along really well. Anyways, fast forward to like yeah. a week or two into this tour, their guitar player yeah. met a girl in one of the earlier stops and he kind of went a little... Who was actually Ryan Izzard. Ryan Izzard, the record label owner guy yeah, and uh, for United Records. And uh, so he wanted to uh, high, high tail it back to hook up with this girl yeah so he ditched them essentially um i still talk to ryan today i mean there's no uh yeah you know it, to me i don't it doesn't bother me yeah it just was sense, what it was but, right uh, he decided that he hadn't he just wanted to take off so they don't have a guitar player now so he comes in they they asked me say can you learn our songs to yeah. you know uh on the way from winnipeg to calgary or something <laughs> like that yeah so and, and don't forget i'm not a great guitar player at this point in time guitar playing to me at that point in time was about like a Les Paul and like, can I get 10 feet in the air? Like how yeah. far can I jump tonight? You know, I still have like, the shirt that shows <laughs> yeah, you doing that. That's, what, that's my thing. Right. <laughs> so it was, it was less about playing than, than more about like the energy yeah. in the show. Right. So yeah, when I le- learned all their songs and played the next night with them mm-hmm. and finished the tour with them. So once that all done, I go back, 
to London and they go back to Burlington. And sure enough, after like three weeks, I get a phone call from them saying, Hey, we got a couple shows in Burlington. Can you come play them with us? Yeah. And I said, yeah, for sure. Now Burlington to me at this point in time, I didn't know what it was. It was like a magical dreamland. The first night I got there, yeah. uh, we had a club called energy kingdom and it was this gigantic warehouse place that just played like it's almost hard to believe now when you think about it mm -hmm. like rancid and mm -hmm. nine inch nails and stuff like that and there's just girls everywhere like they call it girlington right like oh. back and then that was the <laughs> nickname yeah. I, don't th I don't think you would ever see a, a nightclub like that no it in was insanity every game. right they so play deftones yeah like uh, and, and girls and i'm not talking about like girls you would yeah. <laughs> 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 no offense, but like it was just a wild thing. So I said, like, I was like, where, where, this is a dream world. Where yeah. am I? Anyways, uh, so we play a couple shows with them. And, and this Finger 11 was called the Rainbow Butt Monkeys. Yes. Then, and so we would play with them all the time wow. at a place called the Yellow Sub, which was this seedy um, club that would allow minors and that was their big thing right, right? you could be 15 years old and 16 right. years old and drink there it was wow. uh, it was ran by uh, an asian uh, couple i if i can recall so one way to get people did. through the door yeah and i mean so you gotta imagine i come from this area my first show back in burlington and it's at the yellow sub with this band slur uh um rainbow butt monkeys yeah and the, and and there's you know 300 people in there and wow. they're all going ape and you just feel like you're like geez like i'm like them things are happening so after the first couple of shows i played with them uh jerry who was the bass player in uh trunk um said hey do you want to join the band and uh and i said yeah i do and he says you can move in you can sleep on my couch like literally he had a one bedroom yeah um apartment and and, and like right in Burlington like right in Burlington yeah. and I and not if I could there's no exaggeration in this that I can remember the day I moved down there I had a car and it was a 1987 uh Reliant K car which uh, <laughs> one side wouldn't open I had a backpack full of clothes oh. and I had a cat because oh, wow. uh the girl I was with in London at the time um you know rescued this cat off the road and then she kind of like mm -hmm. disappeared and whatever yeah, and I got I stuck with this cat so literally that's what I showed up to Burlington <laughs> with clothes <laughs> a, uh, a a beat up K car and a cat and I slept yeah. on his couch for a solid 3 years probably so that I guess was for me anyway this is kind of where Burlington began for me also because yeah. I you know, Brad was there and I was sticking around Stratford and we knew he was playing in a band and, you know, all us Stratford guys were really interested in. Well, especially a band like Trunk, right? Well, who was kind of established the funny thing time. is, yeah, yeah exactly. Mike knew who, he had the C, one of the CDs. So I, I think I probably just said to him, and you know, like, go back. There's no text matching. This is like, I have to physically like go up to him and go, hey, uh. There was hardly I'm playing. We had, paid, we had pagers. Yeah. yeah. Pagers. I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. I had one too. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, oh my, like, it was almost like, you know, because you didn't know the reality. Yeah. You're, you know, it was like, you're, you're, you're in trunk now. I, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. it was like a big, like, yeah, a big was like deal. yeah. Well, it was a big deal. Like, I remember, do you remember playing in Cambridge? You guys played a show in Cambridge at a place called the Refugee Cafe. I do. Yeah. And oh, our friend, yeah, like, yeah. my, when my friends and I heard that trunk was coming, it was a big deal because we <laughs> used to play this little place and it was like a it was like a hallway it was yeah. like a really narrow long yeah. not even a club it was mm -hmm. a coffee house yeah, i remember it I, stage. I still have pictures did you were you at that yeah show? we um i was in a band uh called the puck bunnies that's right yes with yeah. kent i remember uh, and sean and drew yeah uh which turned out to be somehow hollow in yeah. some capacity but um yeah i remember playing with trunk there and uh just 
kind of being like, what is this place? It's yeah. above a bowling alley. It was below a bowling alley and above like a furniture right. yeah. stripping place or some, yeah. something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, back to... Yeah, sorry, Burlington. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, 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 it's fine. Um, I was just, when it, as Brad's saying that, you know, for me as being a teenager and coming and really wanting to start doing what he was doing and playing music, that's where Burlington kind of mm-hmm. came in because I would go there every weekend. Yeah. After, yeah, we would have After everybody I was done my house. week at high yeah. school, yeah. I'd be there with Ken. Get in the car. We'd sleep on the floor. Uh, yeah. You know, Jerry had this nice like condo at the time where we were like, what is this place? Yeah. And we were like, everything we we had was like a dingy apartment. Sure, or, yeah. You know, and, uh, as it, most people like, do when they're young. It, yeah. was a, it was a dream. It was a dream yeah. world. It was a dream world. There was a party every night, the Friday, DVD. Saturday, yeah. and then I would go home Monday morning and I would drive to high school. And I remember I got a speeding ticket one time because I was like, Partied Friday, partied Saturday, oh partied Sunday. You would literally leave Monday morning. I would leave Monday morning at like yeah. 7 in the morning to try to get to high school for like <laughs> 8 and, and yeah. Like, yeah, we wouldn't, it would, it would be like Friday, you know, 5 yeah. o'clock it would start and it would roll <laughs> until Monday morning. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty, Sounds awesome. It was great. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I did, um, <laughs> I toured with Trunk. We did, they did a three show tour with MXPX and the Get Up Kids. Yes. Wow. I sold merch and we did, um. Ottawa, Toronto, like London. and London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, was kind of cool. Blast. That's yeah. awesome. That yeah, it was cool. a huge. It was fun. Huge MX. But that's how. That's time. Burlington right there in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. So that scene was then like that's what I was going to ask you. Like my question was going to be, was that scene everything I remember that people hyping yes. hyping it up to it be? Was, it yeah, was. It yeah. was. And uh, for better or for worse, it was because I think that the name Burlington became uh, bigger than what was probably. Um, was actually mm-hmm. in it you know what i mean and and again that's gonna sound like such a knock or, or something like that but like the bands were probably no better mm-hmm. than all the bands in kitchener mm-hmm. or all the bands in london or all the bands anywhere else but it was yeah. just it was garnering this buzzword of like oh there's all these great bands in burlington right and uh there was no venues really you know like there was the yellow sub like i said but that yeah. didn't last long well right a lot of um Church shows. Yeah, like a lot of YMCA yeah. and all that stuff. Like just what you meant, there was no venues. Yeah. You know, Toronto, you had to go to Toronto to go to the venues. Or your Stratford had like a couple like mm-hmm. uh, the 10 Day Cafe and mm-hmm. Refugee Cafe and all these other <laughs> yeah. things. But there was no actual, once the Yellow Sub went down, there was no real venue to support this scene. Yeah. So where were all these bands playing then? <laughs> they were playing like, uh, there was a Lions Club uh, was a big mm-hmm. one. They just always like a put hall. on show, which is a hall. And then there was a place in Oakville, and I'm, I'm not going to remember right now, it was, it was attached to the Arena was the community center that was attached to the arena that would yeah. do all the hardcore matinees, you know, the daytime matinees and the punk shows and uh, weird. The, something, yeah, it was really something weird. room. Yeah, yeah, you've got it, Mike. I don't. We don't. And they got nostalgic. If anyone like from the GTA or Oakville, Burlington area, who's like right into that, they'll probably be think like they. Yeah. They, they'll be like, why doesn't he know this? And mm-hmm. I, I, we've just never. It's a long really time ago, too. It, it is a long time ago, but but for us. Or for me, I can only speak that like details like that. They yeah. kind of slip in and out of me. It's like tough. I just not really. Um, the the, the uh, music center was a big one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the Burlington Music Center yeah, okay. was where the Teen Tour Band, which Burlington's got this big Teen Tour Band, you know, like marching band. Okay. Yeah. That travels all around the world. Really. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of their famous thing, Clean of Fame. It was their. It was a facility built for them to rehearse in, like so oh, massive. Yeah. Massive. It was, massive it was this massive open yeah. area, and the. The, That's right. This, there was no stage. It was on the floor, mm-hmm. and people could 
be around the band. Yeah, it was like a circle on all sides. So it's kind of neat. It was kind of like Metallica. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> kind of like Metallica. <laughs> Everyone sitting. Alexis around. on yeah. Fire played there. Oh my um, jeez. You would you'd be and shocked. You, and then we were bringing bands in from like the states and stuff. Like then once yeah. once the once yeah, that started, all started coming. Good sound in that place then. No. Uh, could, I, I don't probably remember. not. No, probably not. My friend Steve did the sound. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just thinking the rooms, like the Lions Hall, like that can't be good sound. Like nah. that is just Echo City in there. Yeah. You know, even full of people, you'd have it bouncing off the floors and the walls. And yeah, you, you know, as you were talking here, like it's been a while since I've gone back and yeah. my mind and those things. But you know, I think that uh, it was pr- it was pretty cool yeah. uh, for that to be around there. You know, but th- that stuff breeds like. Um, good and bad things like any music scene right Right. it breeds copycats it breeds Mm -hmm. people that think that they why can't we do this and uh, everybody has entitled all of a sudden yeah Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think you know if you're a band from that city it's kind of like okay i'm gonna play here and it's not really a big deal but in the end those are probably your best shows Mm -hmm. because I remember playing Rivoli, Lee's Palace, yeah. and you had the sound system yeah. and the monitors. But once you got up there, you didn't really know what you were doing. Yeah. Like the sound check and stuff. Yeah. You were just used to kind of going in off the floor yeah. and pumping your amp up to match the yeah. guitar. Or hopefully you could hear your vocals in some yeah. capacity. <laughs> I know those days. Um, I remember. So, you know, and then the Lee's Palace and Rivoli shows, they, they were never that great. Like, yeah. it was just well, depends. Like, yeah, you know, it depends on who you're opening who for or what. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, who the sound guy is that that's night. Right. And yeah. But that, those places have on. so much history, though, man. Like, just to even Absolutely. play those places, like, that is oh, amazing. Yeah, we can, you know? like, I, pl- I played some pretty neat places in my mm-hmm. time that so I can look back at. what's the order? So, <clears throat> can you guys give a bit of a rundown of the order of the bands that you were in? Like, like yeah. how it started to, you know, where you are today? I was in, so I was in, uh, like I said, if you, we can go, we kind of established Trunk was yep. the, where we left off. and That was uh, the first, like, you would call that the first real well, band Voice of Reason was the first band that I put oh, yeah, a record sorry, out yeah, with, right. and I and That's I went right. on the road with, and uh, those were all London people, uh, guys, and because okay. uh, I was I lived in London for three years, and um, good scene there too. Oh, it was that you know I got yeah. that it probably the story should mm-hmm. start in London Definitely. because that's where we we have more of a connection yep. to really call London. the office call the office, call the office. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even count the how many punk <laughs> shows I went oh. to. Because so, that was awesome like place, in Grand man. Bend, we could jet there in 45 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could blast there. That was kind of our Toronto to okay. Burlington, right? Yep. Like that would yep. be our the biggest our major thing. city. Yeah, yep. and um, and because I lived there for three years, I had a real handle on the you know the infrastructure yep. of that scene as well. Yep. And I knew all the guys and 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 all the guys that call the office and the embassy and all those great right. places. And and I mean, like we've seen like everybody there. Like that's you know, where. That's where I went to my first punk shows. I mean, uh, my first punk show was um, SNFU at Call the Office. Oh, wow. And funny story, I was driving one of our Reliant K cars yeah. with my sister. And one, I was going to say one of them? <laughs> How many did you got? We had three. <laughs> Blue, All different white, colors. and red. <laughs> That's awesome. That could be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Was that still the corner uh, stage Call the Office when the stage was in the corner of the room? It's still like still, that. Is it still oh, like yeah. that? Just I haven't been there in years, man. So I was yeah. driving my car, and I'm like a block from Call the Office, and yeah. I it was so funny because we, we hadn't really ventured outside of Grand Bend. You know, so we were yeah. a small town. Kids, how old did you been at this time? Um, probably 16, oh, yeah. 15, yeah. 16. That's and exciting times when you're going to those shows, yeah. It was really cool, man. Um, and then we pulled up, and I remember I was looking to my left, and my sister was kind of like, Stop! So I kind of screeched on the brakes, and uh, 
I see this guy with wild hair walking across. He's wearing zebra print jogging pants. And he kind of gives us a look like, and we're like, who is that guy? Oh, that was funny. Like, who's that hobo, you know? Yeah. And we didn't even know what was happening. So we get to the show and uh, SNFU is about to go on. This guy comes out and uh, we're like, no way. That's the guy we almost hit. <laughs> it's Chai guy. Pig. The bum. It was amazing. So it's just like you... It's it's such a different time because you would now you go and you know exactly who you're going mm. to see, what this person yeah, looks like, the what YouTube. they're going to wear, what oh, their yeah. set list is going to be. We had no idea what Chai Pig looked yeah. like. I mean, yeah. it, it was just a, yeah. an, a time, right? It was, like yeah. it was just so cool. Don't you miss that time? Like I oh, almost hate so that you, people can say like we, I went to go see uh, Biffy Clyro recently, like just a couple months back in. Uh, before we went, like my buddy's like, they're gonna play this, they're gonna play that. Yeah, they they got the whole set down. It, you know what the set is before you show up, and yeah. it's like that's no fun. Like you want that mystery. Yeah, that's, you know, are they gonna play yeah. that? You know, like I remember seeing Alkaline Trio in London, and they played none of my favorite stuff because it was like a tour where they were touring all their old stuff. Oh really? But I didn't know that. All, and you know what? If it was today, I might not have gone, <laughs> and I would have regretted it because that was a, still an awesome show. They even though they didn't play any of my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. They still were amazing. Like I still got to see their drummer play live. He's one of my favorite drummers yeah. ever. You know, so like there's some not oh, something not, like I miss that mystery sometimes. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, yeah. The mystery is totally it's gone, gone, yeah, gone. What? Um, um sorry, sorry. So I was when I was um, doing Trunk. Mike was doing uh, the Puck Bunnies. I guess that'd be your uh-huh. band at the time, right? Well, yeah, you guys I mean, played with a, a bunch of times, and it was like a yeah. punk. Uh, I think I, if you mention London scene and call the office, I have to mention um, the 10 day cafe in Stratford. Okay. It was run by a guy named Chris Rickett. Um, smart guy. Um, it was basically um, a place down in the basement underneath a jewelry store that uh, you would never suspect was anything. Yeah. So was you go down eh? there and you're talking about things that are gone. Right. I mean, the amount of underage drinking yeah. and drug use yeah. there yeah. and nobody it, was the nobody um, was in charge yeah cleanliness like it, <laughs> <laughs> i you wouldn't see a place like that ever again in this day and age but really i mean my my band uh at the time um so when my mom sent me to stratford it was kind of like oh this is weird you know yeah. but looking back now like i've met some of my best friends there yeah. like john hunter taught me basically how to play in a band okay I, uh, our drummer Raphael Spoletta, who is an amazing drummer, like these guys, you know, they picked up my game quite a bit. And they showed me yeah. some things. They were all into Tool, Zeppelin, Deftone. Oh wow! So it was like stuff I wasn't really listening to. But I mean, we had a band. It was called Broken Throttle, and uh, we became quite popular in Stratford. Oh, and nice! It was uh, it was fun though. You know, we played every weekend mm-hmm. basically at the same place or yep. wherever we could play. But man, we jammed three, four times a week in John's parents' basement. That's awesome. And uh, that's where it really began for me musically and playing in a band. And you were playing what in that band? I was playing bass. Bass. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, we did that for, for a while, and we got, you know, Trunk to come down to the 10-day. We, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, if, I think Grade actually played there yeah, way, before way before you were even yeah. in the band. Yeah. So it was kind of a well-known Yeah. Just little the, underground the punk place, mm-hmm. punk spot for sure. I mean, that has a whole history on its own. And then I kind of wanted to do a punk thing because that band was more like of a Rage Against the Machine oh, okay. kind of kind of sound. And we got we got recordings and things like that that yeah. never saw the light of day. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people would love to hear that. 
Um, mm. But I started doing the punk thing, and I knew um, Sean Till. He played in a band. Uh, I can't remember the band name, but they were more of a Primus kind of sound. And oh, Sean yeah. played bass. Really? Tur- yeah. Turpic Stick. Turpic Stick, that's it. And wow. uh, really talented people like like uh, Sean Till's dad, John, yeah. played in Janis Joplin. Yes. Yeah. On the Pearl album. Which like, is unbelievable. How amazing is that? So, it, it's like, amazing. Yeah, when I, the first time the I heard that, it's like my mind was blown. It's mind-blowing, really. And, I mean, just going to their place and seeing the gold records and things Jesus. like that was, it was pretty, pretty awesome. But, uh, so we knew Sean and we wanted to do this punk thing because it was kind of around the time we're talking about the, the, uh, punk kind of boy band blink 182 is started. Yep. And, you know, not to say that's the reason why, because, you know, I like punk way before all that, like, yeah. Yeah. Forgotten Rebels and Misfits just got popular pistols. at that yeah, time. Yeah, just got it was in the almost the and, mainstream. Yeah, and, and, and I always I always gravitated towards the melodic sound. Yep, more than anything. So that's what I wanted to do. So I kind of uh, we started a band called the Puck Bunnies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kent he uh, he didn't know how to play guitar. He wanted to play he wanted to play bass. Yeah. So I ended up playing guitar in that band because he didn't mm. know how. And uh, Kent didn't know how to play guitar at that he point. He didn't no, know how to play guitar. He, he picked up a bass and he wanted to really play in a band with us. Yeah. Because he was like around the 10 day cafe. Right. He was around know. that scene. Yeah. yeah. So he was a year younger than me. So I think this was around grade 10 okay. and uh, we started um, kind of becoming friends and he really wanted to, he always stuck around as he wanted to play, you know, with me and Sean. And yeah. So that's how we kind of got started into the punk thing. So that was a band called Puck Bunnies. And then uh, that band ended up kind of morphing into another band because we saw Drew Clark playing mm-hmm. in a band. I forget his band's name, Lego Nipples or something. <laughs> <I can't remember>. <laughs> <laughs> something weird. And uh, we were like, this drummer is amazing. He could play yeah. the fast he beat. He is, yeah. He could play the fast beat. And we were like, we need that guy. That was the band, only criteria right? back then. Can yeah. you play yeah. the punk Can you play the punk beat? beat? Yeah. You're in. Yeah. 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 And he could. And uh, so we started this band called um, Strive. 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 And Sean actually sang on it and wrote most oh, of the wow. songs. And we still have a, I have a six song. It's good. Yeah. Recording. It's actually pretty somewhere. good. Tiller yeah. the singer. Yeah. Hey? Yeah. yeah, yeah did, Tiller. Be, it's, 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 it's heavily propagandi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything was a kind That's of a okay too. There was no original anything <laughs> happening. It just, it yeah. was more of a feeling, right? You just wanted to play that And style. an attitude and a, so, like you said, Exactly. Style, yeah. yeah. Um, so then, you know, from there on, I mean, I think that's where the Burlington thing started yeah. really happening. We wanted to play shows. When the raw energy kind of trunk thing started happening, we we tried to get signed and get shows wherever we could yeah. with them. And so we would play like the GTA. I remember playing like yeah, like we did. Jer- I can remember we did like we we. I would always look out for everybody. We mm-hmm. did the uh, Jer- Jersey did their raw energy first record, and I made sure you guys were on the bill. Right, like I was always like yeah, you got to get my brother in. Yeah, yeah my brother's got to come in too. That's and, how, and that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, we you guys support each other. That's oh, yeah. how it should be. Yeah, <laughs> we kind of. <laughs> latched onto that for sure so Mm -hmm. i mean yeah all credit to these guys i mean that's how we really got in there Mm -hmm. yeah and like it's going back then it's like you know it's not about like i think maybe now or it did be it evolved into getting the right people on because they're going to make things happen for you but for me always it was how can i make this 
more fun for me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's what it should be. You about. know what I mean? Like, making music it's just out there for me. I, I don't, is. I want to be surrounded by my friends. Absolutely. I, you know, I don't, yeah. uh, I'm not worried about anything else at that point. Right. Absolutely. I mean, if you know the bands that are playing with you and your brother's in one of them, I mean, yeah, how much you know better is that going to be a fun and there's going to, it's going to be a party yeah. afterwards. Right. And yeah. that's all that mattered at that point in time. Okay. But uh, Trunk eventually dissolved and uh, just kind of ran its course, right? Just kind of just yeah. We you out. know we did this like my, we broke up and then uh, then and then we got a call. Can we do two calls? We got in a row, mm-hmm. which were, were kind of revitalized the band was MXPX and the Get Up Kids, right? And then we got a call. Hey, a big band wants you to open for them, or not wants you, but you're going to open for this big band mm-hmm. at the uh, Elma Combo oh, wow. upstairs. Who is it? Can't tell you guys. Wow. Um, can you do the gig? Yeah, we'll do the gig. Uh, they released the name of the band like an hour before Doors, and it was Rancid. Wow. So we kind of like, obviously, we're like, what? Like, he's, you know, this is going back, uh, you know, I guess it was Outcome the Wolves yeah, or like that. Area. Yeah, and uh, it was kind of like, you know, this was a big deal, right? They're going to release these tickets an hour before. And it was like, whoa. And like, we had, we loved, like, we listened to Let's Go. And mm-hmm. we, Mike, one of his first shows was Rancid, yeah, you Rancid know. And I can remember easy. Mike in the pit. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the side <laughs> drinking beer because I'm drinking age. And I look over and Mike's like, you know, he's passing out. And then <laughs> I reach in and grab him. Like, those good yeah. memories, right? Yeah. But, so that was a big Brad band. saved me that night, for sure. I was, I was ready to he pass was like, out. like, look at pass out. I kind of like, <laughs> yeah, pull him out. But uh, that was a big deal for us. So, uh, um, yeah, know, I guess and, so. and it revitalized the band because I will tell you this. Um, now we've ran, we we got fortunate enough to run into Rancid a lot over our careers really? later on. But that particular moment, I was uh, sound checking, and the room was empty, and uh, I was um, you know tweaking my amp. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny to think back nowadays, but I heard two guys behind me, and one guy goes. It's almost like, why would you even say that? But it's like, you check it out, Lars. They play Marshall too. Like Marshall was some <laughs> weird amp. Like they, yeah, they discovered it. And I went, turn around and it's Tim and Lars. And uh, he's like, hey, I'm Tim. I'm Lars. And I was just like, yeah, like know. I, I know, man. And uh, <laughs> Surreal, man. Both those guys got on the stage and they just, you know, oh, can I, you know, he's, uh, Lars is picking up my Les Paul. I had this great 79 Les Paul at the time. Wow. And, uh, and in uh, and, and, and oh you you like the JCM nine hundred and I like really lucid at this point in time right and I was like this is not really happening and then those guys took me and uh, up to the top of the Alma Combo and they proceeded to spend the entire afternoon with us wow and I mean I've got like uh, I got pictures of that day still great pictures. I, I, Really um, great, picture. great pictures, um, and they were just like it, it, uh, hard to describe to you how it kind of just like really like everybody in that that was there that night in the band, uh, friends, crew guys. I was like, I wasn't at that show. I know that's. I weird. have no you reason were, why. Yeah, there was a reason. There, you was, there, there must have been. You would have been there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, that was like kind of one of those things where you went my God, let's come on guys. Let's, we can keep doing this. Let's yeah. keep moving. This is like, like Rancid is like totally stoked. Anyways, the, revitalized the band and we ended up going out on a tour with Jersey across Canada. Wow. And the tie in story to this whole thing is, is that, uh, we ended up being in Vancouver and warp tour was there. Rancid was on warp tour mm-hmm. and we had a day off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no money, no, there's some shit. Yeah, you got yeah. nothing. So mm-hmm. I said, uh, so we all, well, let's go to the warp tour. And so we literally got to the warp tour and we went to the backstage area with the, the 
yesterday. It was at the the PNC Coliseum or whatever their their areas out there. Okay. And I was clinging on the glass and I seen Lars walk by. Now this is six months removed from Alma Combo. Right. Not and, a long uh, time. Not a long time. And he's walking and I just you know, everybody's kinda like prodding me. And I'm like, fuck. He's like Lars <laughs> Now I had blonde hair when I played with them because you dyed your hair every three days sure. back then, right? And uh and I and I had black hair. And Lars looks over at me and goes, points at me and walks over and I'm not shitting you, goes, Brad. Oh. You changed your hair color. Oh my god. And I remember that being like we were just like, what? Like this guy remembers me and all this. Anyways, like a like a true punk star. Snaps his fingers at the closest guy with a walkie-talkie and goes, get all of these guys in. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so we go in and, you know, like, because I kind of facilitated this, it's kind of like, you know, I'm like, yeah, man, big shot. I fully expected you to say that he didn't recognize (laughs) you because you said it was six months and that's why I said not not a lot of time. Not only that uh, gets us all up on stage for their headlining set and then proceeds to say, this next song goes out to our friends in Bur- from Burlington, Trunk. Wow. And like we're up on the stage, like just like one of those moments mm. you're like, my Does God. Does it feel like, it must feel like it's not even real. No, it know? was just great. Like, cause they, those are guys you respected and to yeah. have that happen to you was over the moon. Now, I won't get into any of these stories later on, but that certainly yeah. changed because <laughs> we ran into those guys years and years mm-hmm. out okay. of the road and they were never, I think they're, yeah. Their time in the sure, took a sure. toll they on that. Sure, sure. weathered because they everybody, everybody yeah. in the world. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so they probably got anyways, a little tired. It was a great, great moment for us, right? As, as a, absolutely, as a it sounds un- it sounds incredible. We rolled that for a long time, but eventually the band broke up again because yeah. uh, there was just nothing happening. Mm-hmm. But um, um, and you know we floundered then, right? Like you're playing instruments, you don't. Mm-hmm. Greg Taylor, who was in Jersey, okay, uh, was in great at the yep. time. His mother was sick. Um, she had a brain tumor. Uh-huh. And he was touring with Grade and Jersey. Now, Grade, to, to give you the synopsis of what was going on in that time, Grade had just put out Under the Radar okay. on Victory Records. Yes. And uh, because the, Greg was a, is a really, and he still is a really good friend of mine, um, you, 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 know, you knew what was going on, but there was two labels trying to get great at the time, Revelation Records mm-hmm. and Victory Records. Okay. Now, those were probably the two biggest labels at the time for that scene. Yeah, Victory was mm-hmm. a big deal to me when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, and Revelation was like, Revelation had all the, 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 you know, like the respected bands, right? The Gorilla Biscuits and all that heritage kind mm-hmm. of hardcore stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, so um, he was touring at the time. They, the record had come out, and, you know, I remember, like, I'm, I I got the record and like it's hard for me sometimes sometimes it's hard for me to talk about grade in any like kind of uh, super positive light yeah but um, I remember like listening to him going like this is pretty good like yeah. this is like cool like I, this is neat like you can this swear is kind of music <laughs> no I know <laughs> I saw you, you bite your lip last Thank second God. but I'm trying let to him fly like, you know <laughs> um, but I liked it you know I thought it was okay you know like mm-hmm. I wasn't like gonna you know jump off a bridge for it or anything mm-hmm. like that but it was pretty good and uh greg one night we're we're out at the bar and he he pulls me aside and you got to know greg too mm-hmm. you can see them doing this and he's kind of hammered and he goes <laughs> i'm gonna quit the band and i was like oh i remember i was at there was a bar called the poacher so i remember in the basement i said wow oh crazy and he goes i just can't you know i want to be home and mm-hmm. i said oh he goes i want you i want you to t- i want you to take my place 
And uh, that is the, you know, no matter how anybody disputes that, that's exactly what happened. Because, you know, maybe he wouldn't uh, say he said that now, but he said he wanted me in the band. Mm -hmm. He wants me to to take his place. And so I said, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. Mm. So flash forward to going back to my condo. I can still remember this. And we, he was drinking like a 26 or a vodka and he's just hammered and he's trying to teach me grade songs, right? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to teach you grade songs. And I was like, all right. So he's trying to, trying to be, and I had never tuned to their drop D like, you know, we were punkers. Yeah. We were all E, right? Yep. And, um, so I'm trying to learn these songs. Anyways, flash forward, uh, Sean McGill, who is their other guitar player. He called me out of the blue one day. Cause you know, this is drunken talk yeah you know yeah. this is like that and a couple weeks later you know he called me and he said hey man uh, greg says you want to join the band or you know you want to and i was like yeah for sure and he said well yeah you know can you come out and try out mm-hmm. and i was like yeah 100 percent." i still didn't know any of their songs right mm-hmm. at the time uh this guy named sean McNabb, who plays in the creep show mm-hmm. uh now and he played in jersey yep. he was filling in for them as the guitar player so it was a coveted position to have back then you know, everybody would oh, yeah. quit whatever they were doing to join grade. Right. Absolutely. So I remember McNabb had this allegiance to Greg to, for Jersey, but in all reality, he wanted to, to tour in grade, sure. which would have defeated the entire purpose of why Greg had quit in the first place right. because he wanted to devote his time to Jersey uh-huh. and also, you know, like not spread himself too thin. Now yeah. he would have had the same situation here. Right. Right. So Sean was reluctantly giving up the position. Right. And I can remember going to the first jam and uh, really kind of knew the songs, but kind of didn't know the songs. <laughs> and I remember uh, McNabb, it's kind of funny now, he says to me, he goes, oh, it's fucking easy. He goes, if you forget, all you got to do is just hit all the open strings. <laughs> 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 and I remember going, really? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. And I totally did that as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. But I can back that story because yeah. I lived with McNabb <laughs> in Oakville and he would go, yeah, I'd be on tour and you'd be playing on the stage and you'd be like, oh shit, what's next? And then he'd be like, doesn't matter, just throw him the open throw D, the open D card. It's all good, man. Uh, but, um, so I did this tryout and I didn't know, you, what you have to also understand is I had a few run-ins with Kyle Bishop before then that were not pleasant. Oh, okay. Um, at a, at a, a bar, he, and he, he remembers this, uh, you know, where he said something about music or mm-hmm. and I said, uh, oh, well, you, you, you know, your music sucks or I forget what I said, but it was yeah. something like we got a little bit and he was like, you suck or your yeah, band yeah. sucks. Just up in your faces, like each other's yeah, face a little like bit. Yeah, like in a little bit. It was, and, um, and, uh, so here I am now in a room with him and three or four other guys who I, I know the drummer, Chris, really well. Uh-huh. So he's kind of like, he's with me. Yeah. I knew McGill a little bit too because, uh, we had, gr- uh, girls uh, at the time or, you know, that, that knew each other. And, uh, so he was okay. Matt, I didn't really know, but Matt's always kind of been his own kind of, thinker so he wasn't going to yeah. be influenced by anybody and Kyle who's kind of like just glaring at me the whole time <laughs> but anyways uh, so I do this audition and then I go out and talk to Kyle in the hall you know like I I can turn it on when I have to and sure you know and I didn't dislike the guy and so we started chatting you know and he's a he's an easygoing guy when you start talking to Kyle he's like the kind of guy that you could talk to for hours okay. and hours he's a you know he gets really like personal and you can really uh, get in there so I walked back in the room and uh, Matt goes you want to join the band and I said uh, no he said two things to me he goes do you want to join the band I said yes and then like another dream come true he goes can you do a tour with the misfits Holy in two cow. weeks and I went like the misfits and he was like yeah the misfits and i was just like yes i can 
anyways, uh, it was like, I was just kind of like, what? And so the tour was the Misfits out east, and then it crossed into Snow Jam, and then it went to Snapcase. So remember, I come from a band that toured, you know, a month. Yeah, yeah. And they were laying me an itinerary that was like easily a two month stretch. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my God, like this is really the real deal. Anyways, long story short, the Misfits, Michael Graves, who was a singer at the time, couldn't get across the border. So they canceled oh, the no. Eastern leg. But I jumped onto the Snow Jam tour at the time, which was um, Snapcase yeah. and Mustard Plug and all Holy, those bands. Um, That's awesome. Reset. Reset. Was on that too. Who became Simple Plan. That's right. <laughs> and uh, so. Then thus began my grade era. Okay. So that's. So what what year roughly would that have been? Uh, 99, 99 was when I joined. So Under the Radar was out. Under the Radar had just come out. Okay. Greg had maybe done a one or two tours with it, maybe to Europe, and okay. then walked. So I was touring essentially Under the Radar Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I joined. I don't so then, remember the Misfits thing at all. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah. I was like, I it do was remember like the seal of the deal for I me, went right? to, uh, yeah. I went to London to see oh, the Misfits same, yeah. and Michael Graves didn't show and it was, um, it was all part and part. The guy from Integ- or, um, Ignite. Ignite. Mm-hmm. Zoli. Zoli. Right. Anyways, yeah, so that's, that's where. So it, how it, long after you joined then did, um, did that new album get written and recorded? So what happened was um, we immediately like started touring. Yeah. Um, and uh, the first bunch whack of tours were like, they were, um, they were fun, like whirlwind kind of things, right? Like, um, you know, we did a tour with Snapcase and, uh, and you know, like Drowning Man, mm-hmm. I remember was on it and like uh, <clears throat> a lot of cool like stuff and uh, did a tour with like Botch and mm-hmm. like all these kind of like, you know, neat, bands at the time mm-hmm. and then went to Europe right away so another trip for me right to like get in a plane with your gear yeah. and, and then head to Europe and uh, it's so awesome a lot of fun stuff you know like a lot of exciting things and then when we were in Europe we'd play festivals mm-hmm. so like uh, one of the first festivals I played was uh, the Bazaar Fest and there was probably you know in our stage area, there was 10,000 people you know wow. like so big stages actually a real funny podcast gear story for you on that one because this is I, there's certain stories i'll tell as f- yeah funny antidote i had a wireless system and mm-hmm. uh i didn't want to bring it on the flight um so i get thinking we're playing clubs and so i got my 20 foot patch cable yep. and like back then it was you plug the guitar into the amp you rented your back line yep. and and uh the this festival stage was so big the amps were that the amps were so far back <laughs> i could only get to the middle of the from stage so the microphone stand and my wedge had to be pulled like back to the middle so not only was there a stage and then a barricade but i probably had 20 feet of yeah. stage in front of me so you look like one of those helper guys at those oh, shows I was, that it plays was brutal the side. man because i just wanted to like you know and like the whole thing in my mind it's like i could be jumping yeah. all over the place if i had my wireless anyways no wireless yeah real, real, real funny like you know, bird out of water, fish out of water moments for me to be like, oh shit, I well, guess learning, I should have brought Learning experiences, right? I mean, you didn't, how would you know? You yeah, know? Like, you know, oh, maybe I should have brought another guitar, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah. um, so did that. And then when we came home, our drummer at the time, Chris Danner, who's still our friend, mm-hmm. um, he really had a conflictual, um, 
times with Kyle, probably more than anybody. Like okay. they were constantly at each other's, mm-hmm. you know. And for me, I was in this first couple tours, I was pretty easygoing guy, right? Like I can remember like uh, doing things with them, like uh, staying at people's houses. And because I was the only drinker in the band at the time, I'd be doing shots with the the, the people involved. And, you know, then <laughs> craziness would ensue. And I can remember like getting up the next morning and like the bass player, Matt, going, you know, why didn't you join the band earlier? You know, you'd be like, <laughs> this is so much fun, right? Because yeah. I'd like be As like a be. little bit more like, yeah. uh, so, um, but Chris uh, really had a hard time with Kyle. So eventually it came to a head where uh, uh, they had enough. Yeah. And I can remember it was, uh, it was actually, unfortunately it was at, um, um, we all had gone to Greg's mom's funeral. She eventually passed away. Oh, and, uh, and then, you know, and it was, you know, a lot of times you weren't home together all the time. Mm-hmm. So it was the first time we all had met up. Right. And Kyle had said, I want Chris out of the band. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want him in the band anymore. So, uh, he, he, uh, so they, they canned him. Yeah. And then, uh, we started searching for a drummer. So this is all ties into okay. the future. So I guess that if you want to talk about grade for me and like, that time is I was and I know we'll get into what Kyle had said in that interview uh, yeah. but um, I was always kind of looked at for answers like as much as those guys don't want to and probably wouldn't admit that now but it'd be like okay do you have who do you have do you have any drummers mm-hmm. okay we threw out this guy like who do do you have anybody right can you can you find can you find someone? somebody you know and and at this point in time Kyle had a guy mm-hmm. uh, that he was playing in a band with a uh, side project and I thought, oh, and I was running my brain. I came up with two guys. I came up with my friend Damien Vallis, who was from London that I played with, okay. and Drew Clark, who was Mike's drummer. And uh, this is before Mike was even in the band. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I called Drew and was like, "Hey, you want to try out for Grade?" And he's like, "Yeah." So I gave him a bunch of songs. Anyways, he came to the trial and he did fine. But like you know, eventually we went with Kyle's guy, which was Charles Manez, right? Um, who eventually joined Avril Lavigne, Avril Lavigne, Bruno, Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars, yeah. yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, so he came in the band. That's when we really started to work on a second, or that record. Yeah, Head for Straight Head to for Hell. Straight to yeah, hell, yeah. He, when he came in, we kind of decided to, you know. And um, so what happened, what was going on in that era was that we had gotten a pretty decent budget to record the album with, right? And one cool thing about Grade that, you know, probably doesn't get brought up as much is like, there was really, everybody was pretty loosey goosey in that band. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't a lot of, I can remember getting the budget for that record and studio time starting at 10 AM mm-hmm. and we'd roll in at 12. Like we were like, I don't yeah. know. We thought we were like Metallica <laughs> or something <laughs> like the, You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the, it's on the clock. Right. And we'd be like at Tim Hortons, like just like chatting about the weekend and it's no like worries. 1130. Yeah. Like, you know, we're be, mm-hmm. we've been paying for the studio for the last hour. <laughs> so, I, I think, you know, in order to talk about the yeah. history, if that's yeah. kind of where we're going yes. here, is is to talk about how Somehow Hollow well, came is, about. Well, this is what I'm going to... This is yeah. Talk about Drew even rehearsing. I've totally forgot all yeah. about that. Yeah. Because at that point in time, Somehow Hollow was really starting to write their own mm. tune. So we were talking about the band Strive where Sean sang. Yep. And me and Kent and Drew decided, oh, we don't want Sean in the band anymore. We want to... Uh-oh. We want to do our own thing. Yeah. We want to go in this direction, I guess. And if you're a 17, 18 year old, you're thinking I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I was writing my own songs at the time, which I thought were pretty cool. And I like, I wanted to sing. So Mm -hmm. I remember calling, you know, Tiller and being like, Hey dude, 
uh, we're gonna start a new band. He's like, cool. Hung up the phone on me, and I didn't yeah. talk to him for a good year. Or so, oh no. But uh, we we had a jam spot in Stratford, so it was me, Kent, and Drew, and we were we started a band somehow hollow. We were all working at this factory together, mm-hmm. and um, in the midst of that all. Sean McNabb, who was touring with Grade, right. and um, he knew us from just coming down to see the trunk shows and Grade shows mm-hmm. on the weekends and things like that. He said, yeah, I'll, I want to come down and play with you guys, play guitar. So we were like, wow. okay. So we uh, he, he came down for three or four little jams, and that was cool, and it was going well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Jersey started touring, and we were kind of, you know, just wondering what we're going to do. You know, the three of us, we were writing our own tunes and, and, uh, you know, we were, we were always going down. We were so, you know, just everything to do with grade. We were there. Like we were sure we were just so like, well, your brother was in one of the biggest hardcore bands at the time. You know what I mean? Exactly. So we latched on to anything he was doing. We wanted to be a part of it. We wanted to be involved and we kind of saw it as our way into, being into the Burlington scene, yeah. which I mean, it really was becoming a thing at the time. Like yeah. you had these great hall shows with Jersey and great. And, um, we, we just wanted to put out a record. And so we were jamming, we had a bunch of tunes and, and you were called somehow hollow this time. That's You'd right. Decided. Yeah. We were called somehow hollow. Um, this would have been 99. Okay. Um, Brad was touring, mm-hmm. but he, when he, wasn't touring. He said he wanted to come play with us. And we were like, yes, I was wondering what? how that like, crossover yeah, happened. We, uh, we were just so like, why does Brad want to play with us? You know? And I'm like, you know, cause it's fun. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Cause Brad would come down to Stratford and yeah, we would, would hang, hang out, out at the apartment and stuff. And, Go to the he bar. knew Kent. He enjoyed Kent. He enjoyed. Who Drew. didn't enjoy yeah. Kent? Really? I miss that guy. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, Brad started playing with us and we wrote, you know, 10 songs. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we got so involved in the, the Burlington music scene that our friend at the time or still is, I Mm -hmm. guess I don't, haven't seen him in a long time, but (laughs) Facebook friend, yeah, our Facebook friend, (laughs) his name was Chris Riley, AKA Velour. Yeah. And he would be at every show. And he told us he was uh, starting this little record label called the East end industries and wanted to know if we wanted to put out a record. Okay. And we were like, are you serious? And not only that, at the He's time, it was it. unheard of for someone yeah. to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pay for it. He paid for it, and yeah, it was like there was no money involved. I guess I should back that up a little. We did a three-song demo with Jay Real in Stratford, yeah. mm-hmm. and we gave it to Velour, I think, and he said he wanted to do oh, the I rest see. of the album. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So we ended up recording seven, seven more, more songs. songs and then adding those three demos. So it was yeah, kind okay. of a mixed bag, but... Jay Real, who like the original it. recordings of the three, the original yeah. three demos went on to the album, which okay. were um, the month that never the ends, studio, so the month that never oh, okay, ends, okay. the meaning of me, and um, I can't even remember. Mm. <laughs> Don't look at me. Yeah, me. <laughs> but anyway, so, so that's that how Somehow Hollow yeah. came, and about. that CD just—that's the biggest conception misconception you're going to get from this whole interview is that CD came out as I was in the studio with, with Gray, Gray doing wow. Head for Straight to Hell. So the whole thing where... Did you, you know, play I on that record seeing then? those things, yeah. You did? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, uh, I was on everything. Uh, yeah, I did. I recorded everything with them. Wow. And so the whole thing that you, that later on in the world was like, Kyle Bishop joined by... Then he was joined by <laughs> somehow Hall or something like that. It's like complete bull because... 
like we were it was it was, <laughs> was simultaneously and you were in grade first yeah it doesn't yeah. matter but anyways that's a funny i always laugh when i when yeah. i see them when i see that well, then he was surrounded by somehow hollow. Yeah. And it was basically a solo tour. Well, anyway. There's a big misconception there. Anyways, I'll explain. So, so you record with them. We recorded, yep. and it was the album got put out by East End Industries, uh-huh. which was our self-titled album, which had Someday yep. on it. Yeah. And uh, we were playing really shows good. when we could. We would play with Brad whenever he was home. Yeah. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. We were playing shows at Lee's Palace. And what about when he wasn't? Um when he wasn't, I think we did a couple. Did you play shows though? Yeah, we did a three. But I don't remember not much. Doing much just not one much. guitar. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, this is ten, no, seventeen years ago now. So <laughs> time like, just you're, you're telling me, but. I don't, I don't remember, man. Yeah, and it's seventeen. Like it's funny that I know, would probably remember. Are still interested that I didn't, in these things, yeah. and it's like. Wow, oh. that is a lifetime ago. I can't get enough of these kinds of stories. That's why I wanted yeah. you guys to come in together. <laughs> like, you know, I, arguably I know you better than I know Brad. Sure. You know, but I, I I wanted you both to come in here because I know there's so much stuff to go through there and so yeah, many awesome stories. Weird. There's yeah. a lot of stuff. And yeah. It's fun to talk about yeah. every now and then. It's yeah, awesome to talk okay. about. I love, you know, yeah. I love stuff. I even talked, you know, we were at um, the West Town in Hamilton one night and, you know, I was talking to Connor from Boys Night Out. Oh, yeah. We were just hanging out, and he was kind of, you know, yeah. really, really interested in what went down mm-hmm. with the whole grade thing yeah. somehow hollow. Because People he was like, know. nobody really knew. No. He was like, this is so interesting to me, and this is like 15 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, like, this is my side of the story. Yeah. And he's like, I never knew that. Yep. Everyone just had this, um, this idea yeah. that this is what happened and it was like shame on you kind yep. of thing and it was like well no no this is what happened right and i know that stuff from hanging out with you a little bit after you know the the, the second iteration of somehow hollow like once brad left grade right i'm sure we'll get into that but you know i know some of the stuff from you but like we scratched the surface man like right. i hung out with you a handful of times and you gave me some of the background but you know, that's why I wanted you guys in. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So just, I can blow, we can blow past this whole grade era. Yeah. So you, like I said, you recorded with those guys. Mm-hmm. You're still in grade. So you're still recording the grade. grade at the same time. Did, uh, head for straight to hell uh-huh. with, uh, with, with those guys. Um, which, you know, for us was like, um, you know, much respect. Uh, me and Mike had this conversation uh, by the pool the other day. Uh, uh-huh. cause we were, we were listening to it. We were like, well, we should get prepared for this podcast and actually <laughs> like, listen to some stuff. But I was like, damn, like this is really bizarre that we, yeah. made this album at the time because head for uh under the radar was cheers, buddy. <laughs> yeah cheers, cheers guys thanks for the beer the no yeah. no problem cheers guys i'm actually just here for the beer <laughs> <laughs> that's all you're gonna get so i'm glad that's all you're here for uh under the radar you know was successful and i think everybody expected us to do another under the radar you know mm-hmm. and then we went like a 180 because we were like, well, let's just do something really bizarre. Like, let's just like, and when we were writing and like, I still have the demos for Head for Straight to Hell. And wow. like, uh, yeah. And, and it's really like, uh, when I remember getting them back as we were recording them with me and Kyle were really good friends at this era. Uh-huh. Just so yeah, you, yeah. you can also be, I remember uh, going to see Cradle of Filth with you and Kyle. Yeah. And no, we'd go see like, and you guys being into that stuff. Go, and I'd yeah. be like, why? Well, we yeah, saw you guys in the trash one time, the trash Tyrion Guelph. And you guys came in together, you yeah. and Kyle. Oh yeah, we were and buddies, you know, man. like at that time, I mean, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your yeah. up your ass here, but you guys were like legends to us. So when we saw you guys both walk in, you've got your long black trench on and your black t-shirt and your black pants, and we're like, 
holy shit, it's, you know, Brad and Kyle from grade. Like, it was just amazing to us. So oh, yeah. it's, it's not we surprising to hear that you around. were tight. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we would, we'd go to record shows and we'd go to Toronto and we'd go to different shows. Mm-hmm. Like we were, but we were, we're friends. And like that, Kyle is a really like, when you, like I said, when you, when you really get to know him and mm-hmm. you really get to pers- be really personal with him, he's one of the, he's one of the best guys that you will ever like, uh, okay. communicate with. He's, he's, he's that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that's why Head First Straight to Hell is what it is, is because we were trying to like blow up a kind of where we really wanted to experiment. And I was doing a yeah. lot of writing with those guys and 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 everybody was contributing to that record, um, whether it be Matt or Kyle or mm-hmm. Charles, the drummer and uh, and, and Sean on mm-hmm. guitar. And we were doing a lot of things on the fly and, and doing having a lot of fun. Anyways, long story short, uh, the record came out and we were booked to go to Japan. Okay. So that was a big moment. Yes. And you would think that right then everybody would want to be on board. Sean McGill quits like literally two weeks before we're going to Japan. Now, I don't know anything about like why or or Mm -hmm. what. I've never really delved into that, but he was, he was done. Right. Um, And of course, just to synopse this, if you talk to him at the time, it was always, yeah, I'm just, I'm done. I'm sick of Kyle. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm just, I have to, I feel I have to say that yeah, because I mean, like at, in the time everybody can make a story, but everybody that was dropping out at the time was like, I can't take Kyle anymore, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, whether, you know, but that story obviously has changed. But, yeah. Um, so anyways, he was gone. So I'm again, we'll get to the Kyle interview in a minute, <laughs> but it's kind of like, do you have a guitar player? Yeah. You know, there, you know, do you, do you have somebody, Brad? And I'm like, okay. So I start racking my brain again. And I knew two guys mm. from the West 49 warehouse, which was kind of our hub space right. in Burlington. It was you West there, 49 right? was the warehouse. Yeah. So if we weren't on the road, we were at this warehouse, like hawking skateboard decks and t-shirts <laughs> and stuff like that. And this, uh, you know, it's a story for another day, but this warehouse was basically like Burlington, not band guys, not on tour central. Yeah. Like everybody was in that place. Uh, it was just, it was hilarious. It, they could make a movie about this warehouse. It's, it was, <laughs> yeah, that it was funny. funny. Like, I probably worked there seven, eight different times. <laughs> no, a Billy side Ham- story. We had Billy Hamilton, like as a, like one of our little like schlubby guys, we, you know, we'd make him do yeah. stupid stuff. One of my all. funniest stories is I came back from tour or wherever we were. And I, 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 they were, they put a policy in place where, you can't come back. It's like if you're done, you're done. If right? you've worked there, you can't. Yeah, come, yeah. so you can't keep. So quitting. I knew, uh, I knew the people there still, but it was like it wasn't even a month or two yeah. removed. And I went to Kelly Services to get a temporary job. And guess where? Ended, up there. <laughs> ended up West there. West Forty Nine. Just so I walk in and they're like, "What are you doing here?" And That's I'm like, awesome. I'm working, Services, man, bro. I'm That's working. what you get when you go to Kelly <laughs> yeah. Services, man. You get the, yeah. whatever they got. So, anyways, uh, I had these two guys from the warehouse. Uh, br- one guy's name was Brian. And uh-huh. uh, and and Chad Tarrington, um, who ended up playing with Rob Halford from Judas Priest of wow. all people. Yeah, he was Holy. like a, a wicked guitar player. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, like for a very short stint. Still, but, um, uh, both of those guys came over to my house to learn the songs, and I think Chad. I'm trying to think about Chad. Might have been something different there, where he was kind of like him and Han because he was the warehouse manager, or he, <laughs> the forklift. Like things are getting serious driver. at the warehouse. <laughs> But uh, Brian, who is Brian? Yeah, he was. He worked there. You, you got to remember, he had an insane clown posse tattoo. That's <laughs> oh, all I will tell yeah. you on his back of his ankle. I Anyways, oh, I didn't. How could you forget that? 
So he came over and he was learning some of the songs and like, I'm not, he's probably a great guitar player. I don't know, but he just wasn't, nothing was really vibing. Yeah. But there was always one kid <laughs> that knew all the songs mm-hmm. and played him with passion mm-hmm. and it was Kent Abbott. Now, Kent Abbott had a reputation of this time as just being goofy old Kent, right? Sure. So Kent's playing the song. I'm just thinking in my and head. And you got to like, remember, Kent begged me to be in my band. Right. Right. And learn. He right. learned how to play guitar to, to be, be in, in the, my right. band. Yeah. So this is like, wow. Like, so this I, is really I, happening so I right go, now. So I, said, <laughs> I, I, I literally set the guys down. I go, guys, I, Kent Abbott is the perfect guitar player. Yeah. And they were like, N- absolutely not. And I'm like. They just thought he was too like just irresponsible. Too, or, yeah, yeah, out there. You know, which he was. Which he was. Yeah. <laughs> And so I said, let's just get him in here and do a jam. And they said, mm-hmm. okay. So of course, in typical Kent fashion, he shows up to the jam, he kills it, and he's make and he's got everybody in stitches, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. In oh the yeah. Words. And Kyle, everybody. So personable. He's not so it, it's kind of just like, yeah, I think this is gonna work. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, I'm going, oh my god, I'm going to Japan with <laughs> Kent oh. Abbott. <laughs> you know, we're gonna yeah. you know, this and but Kent was you know in his credit would would put put the work into that and right. He was the perfect guy for that band at the time because yeah. he was so, he would talk to anybody. You could get him to talk to anybody. Ken, go up to that guy over there and yeah. ask, you know, ask him for see, this. See if or you can this. get this Ken, go get, go, go talk to the promoter and, and see if you can get us some more of <laughs> yeah. this. So, you know, he was just, goes. okay, yeah, man, yeah. sure, That's man. Awesome. Yeah. Go talk to that girl and see if she, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so ask her if we can stay over to me. <laughs> yeah. So we're in Japan. And, uh, and it's, we're having a blast and, um, and, uh, and then we go to Australia right away. Uh-huh. And, uh, so we do a full straight from Japan to Australia. Australia. We do a full, this, we were on the road. This was a killer. We were on the road for about two months. Yeah. So we went to Australia for a month and then we, then we flew to New Zealand from Australia. Wow. And we stayed in New Zealand for, uh, um, a little, uh, up two weeks. We were in New Zealand and, uh, Kent was my roomie always uh, the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the last, trying to get the timeline but i'm pretty sure it was in new zealand uh matt jones said to me hey i uh, just want to let you know i'm quitting after this Holy tour cow. and i said okay and he goes uh again <laughs> i mean can't i you know i'm not i don't want to tour with kyle anymore blah 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 and mm-hmm. you know that story's all changed but that's all cool it's all good and uh i said okay and he, he was friends with my wife and like everybody mm-hmm. so like that you know they were all my friends like yeah. these guys were my buddies right at the sure. time and uh so I said, okay, you know, he goes, I'm going to tell, I'll email when I get home. Don't say anything. Right. Yeah. doesn't want to cause any yeah. turmoil. On so the road. Uh, we get home. He eventually sends the email. I get a phone call from Kyle. He says, Matt, just quit. And I said, okay, you know. Who have you uh, got now? 110%. <laughs> I, I honestly think at this point in time, Kyle said to me, you think your brother will play with us? I don't even think it was like a, who do you have? Yeah. I think it was more like, do you think your brother wants to play with us? Because Mike had... Uh, toured with us as a as a roadie. Oh, okay. For for, for yeah, a, a I mean, oh, that's cool. um, So he they I did a whole American tour as a roadie. Yeah. Wow. I want to tell you a funny story about that. While we're at it, is that they all had their musicians, um, working visas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So five of them, right? And Brad yeah. said, "Yeah, you'll be fine." Just <laughs> no. Come I over. said, uh, "I said, does Mike need a P one? That was your working mm-hmm. visa, right?" Then. And the, and and Kyle said, "All right." You know, in all fairness, I didn't disagree with him. He said, "No, Mike's fine. He's not working." Mm-hmm. Right. So I came over 
and the first show is in Detroit, so we're crossing the Detroit border. Yeah. So it's taken a while, and we're like, "What's going on here?" So the <laughs> uh, customs officer comes to the van and goes, "Michael Kasserin," and I just went, "What? Like, what does this guy want?" You know, I'm 19 at the time, right? Yeah. Pulls me out, and uh, he goes, "You can't come into the states." Oh no. And I'm like, "What?" Well, this is a like, month and a half tour, and he had quit his job. Oh yeah. no. Well. <laughs> it's probably West, West 49. <laughs> you could get it back. Sure. Um, it was a big So deal. I had to sit there while they yeah. tried to I was start furious. this out. Uh, I, I ended was up, furious. Ended up driving me back into Canada, dropping me off onto the Windsor side. We didn't know what to do. Now, this is before Kent was in the van. Yeah, mm. you were still. Running. Yeah, this is Sean before was Kent. This was still Sean. Yeah. And uh, we didn't know what to do. And then I remembered Kent's dad, Frank, mm-hmm. was the. Head of narcotics agent for Windsor, Detroit. Really so big, yeah, big, big, big cover cop. Maybe yeah, I shouldn't tell this story, but I mean, <laughs> he ends up. It may have been him. It you could just say allegedly. Else. You could say you allegedly <laughs> called him. We called Kent, and he called his dad, and yeah. he said we need a favor. So yeah. Frank picks me up in, in like Windsor, the, in like yeah. in the, in drives car, me literally gets the half border. a mile over yeah. the border, says we're going to Mexican Village yeah. or where. Yeah, and, uh, Mexican food drops me off like on the side of the road, like halfway. <laughs> Perfect. A mile, and then, we, mile and then we come and pick. They come off. and pick Perfect. me up, and it was like I'm in. Absolutely. And then it was a month and a half of just shenanigans, debauchery. Yeah. So, anyways, Mike joins the band. I said, Mike, you want to join the band? Yes. So now it's it was kind of like that. Yeah. Not exactly. If you remember, I think back in those days, I had a little thing where I wanted to stay doing the somehow hollow thing. Right. If you remember correctly. But really, I I know I wanted to play. I wanted to play. And you had, uh, how could you not? Oh, exactly. I mean, you saw what Kent and Brad were going off to do and you were kind of stuck there Mm -hmm. just, you know, doing what you did. Yeah. But, um, remember you had, uh, Paul lined up maybe to play bass. (laughs) <laughs> and I just said, Possibly. you know, and then I said, yeah, I want to play, of course. Mm-hmm. So we jammed and uh, we did a couple practices, I yeah. think. And then we uh, were specifically off. remember Kyle saying, this is the best the band has oh, ever yeah. sounded. Oh, a hundred times. A hundred times. I was doing the harmonies. Yeah. This is after yeah. that record is out. Yeah, Head yeah. First was out. Yeah. For so sure. we were adding more like vocal layers as we were playing together. And, yeah. you know, the band was getting along really well. Kyle included. Like, we, you yeah. know, he was our, he was our, just as much as in in with us as as, as we were. Uh-huh. Um, Charles Menez, who, you know, with all his successes, yep. was a very I don't even know how to politely say this he was mm-hmm. he was a bit of a grading guy to be okay. on the road with because he I don't even know he why was, he just it was his own he loved individual. a lot of people not the wrong way in mm-hmm. a bad way but in just an annoyed way uh-huh. so it got to the point where now this time Kyle was involved but I was kind of like I don't want to tour with Kyle or Charles mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. And, you know, and obviously these guys were right in right. with me. Right. And you got to remember now three of the four somehow hollow members are in. Yeah, right. we're right. kind of right. like, right. When you, I, I just want to say in fairness, and listen, Kyle was in our group too. Like he was part yeah, of our of deal. Course. You know, we uh-huh. never discluded him up to at this point. Right. And uh, so we get home and we're rehearsing. And so <laughs> you got Kent in the band. now. So yeah. <laughs> Kent, call Charles up and, 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 and fire him. Yeah. 
No, um, we well we asked Kyle, of course. Oh no, no, he was where? Yeah, we were like we're gonna we we yeah. it was all agreed. Like everything <laughs> he, was agreed. Yeah, was we couldn't call. We he, couldn't we couldn't call a shot without Kyle. Sure. Saying of yes, he sure. was the guy, and he says to us. Yeah, do whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of thing. And yeah, like, he wants to keep right. touring. Everybody's having some fun, and yeah. So uh, we we call Charles and fire him, and you know he's obviously pissed. Uh-huh. And uh, and uh, and we just and we call Drew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now Drew's in the band, and now we we embark on our next you know tours, and now we're uh, this was probably we went on tour with Good Riddance. I, th- I believe. Well, we did. I did a tour when I started. I we played the Trashateria was my first show. Okay. And then immediately went to Europe. Yeah. And then I was in Amsterdam playing a show. Right. So was my second, second show, show was Unreal. in Amsterdam. Yeah. And I remember my... Um, Unreal. What was the Sans amp? Yeah. I remember it wasn't clicked in properly. And like the first note I hit, it was like really quiet. And mm-hmm. I was playing and Kyle just shot me a look like, what the fuck? What are you, are you doing? doing? Yeah. I was like, oh God. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Um, and then it was all right from there on. <laughs> but we did that Europe tour. Yeah. With and then Charles and, and yeah, and it was good times. I don't know. We did all the, you know, lots of touring. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then, um, you know, like I said, Drew joined the band and then we yep. went out with like a bunch of bands and we did eventually go out with Good Riddance and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of things happened on that tour that. Like we're we're kind of spelling the end. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Like, when did the decline start? That like, it was it was this because it, it seems like somehow riddance. Hollow, that second album was very short after great. Like it came out very yeah, quickly we, after we, great. We, was we over. were already working on material. Like okay. when we were when right. we were on the road. It, to, to be completely honest with you, a lot of those songs were were riffs at least. Uh-huh. I know, like it's a mortify Kyle to hear this, but mm-hmm. we're gonna be great songs. Wow. Like a lot of the stuff we were writing was gonna be you know mm-hmm. great songs, and a lot of the right? songs I had already wrote. Yeah, like, and we were just trying to, like, hash out, like, how we were going to continue What's on. What's the arrangement of all of them and all that kind of stuff? Like, doing, doing that on the road? Like, as we're going? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were doing, like, in Europe, I remember doing a lot of pre-pro yeah. and sound checks and stuff like that. But yeah. I I was carrying, <laughs> I don't know. It, I think it started this <laughs> night. I was carrying my, <laughs> no, don't forget, we've been on the road for so long. We weren't taking care of ourselves, but I was carrying a road case with Mike or something like that. Uh-huh. And it might... I I you buckled. Had a, you had a hernia. Yeah, too. And, and I collapsed, and uh, and um, and then and I, I, la- I laughed at him. <laughs> as, as a brother would, yeah, a younger brother would. And then I uh, and then I had this massive baseball thing coming out of my stomach. And I'm in the states. We just started with the Gooder tour, and so it's a hernia. So I remember calling my mom. My mom yeah. was in the hospital and okay. stuff like that. And so uh, she says it's a hernia. Yeah. Is this bad? Well, you you're okay as long as it doesn't tear anymore. Just don't lift any. <laughs> so, so I stopped lifting gear. Yeah. Essentially, I well, became that. You didn't guy. I really have a choice. And uh, I can remember doing a show, <laughs> like on a chair. Oh like, really? Just, like, Sitting really, down. Like getting. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a chair. I remember doing. Um, uh, then you know. Then the tension started to like really start to build up, and I remember yeah. Kyle had this bad habit of yelling at monitor guys you know what oh. I mean? like every time like he would like go like uh and then put his microphone in front of the monitor and it would go eh, like yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, and yeah. yet then but that was the monitor guy's problem anyways you know <laughs> we know that that that's not like there's no secret there yeah, yeah. in that stuff but no. uh i remember one night he did it and i said uh 
um, you know, he's yelling at the guy and it's just that the show's not going very good. And, you know, the good riddance uh, kids hated us and we were playing with strike anywhere too. And like a lot of times strike anywhere would go on first and like blow the doors off mm-hmm. the building and then we'd go up there and, and kind of, you know, bleh, yeah, yeah. and then good riddance would get up there and, you know, half the crowd had already left. Yeah. The energy would take a while. It was really then, just yeah, like, yeah. it was a really poor, um, Russ talked to us about halfway through the tour and basically said, or maybe it was just certain shows, but he's like, yeah, it'd be in your best interest if you guys opened. Yeah, he, a game. couple of shows. Oh, he was like, really? You might want to let Strike Anywhere like go next. And we were like, yeah. I was like, I don't care, man. This, I'm, yeah. I'm already kind of like getting near the uh-huh. point. But he, I remember he yelled at the monitor guy, and I was so, I was so mortified in mm-hmm. that that I actually like went off stage and finished the show like in the. Just at the side. Just on the side. Like, yeah. I couldn't mm-hmm. even, like... And then he came out and yelled at me. I said, you do that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I thought I'm going to quit. Anyways, it all culminated to one night in Texas, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think and it was Texas. We, it, it was like, it's done. I was like, yeah. this is my You've last enough, tour. Yeah. And he was like, well, and he was in a hotel room. He was yelling at us. And um, and we were yelling at him. And, and Drew was just, like, started. And he was just kind of like, oh, my yeah, God, what the hell's going on? I remember yeah. going, Drew, we used to make this Drew voice on time. And he... Come on, guys. <laughs> Can't we all just get along? <laughs> yeah, I totally remember. And uh, then, you know, Mike would say something, and then Kyle snapped up Mike and said, like, are you even in this band? Insinuating, like, you're not even really in Which the band. Which comes back to your question, was I ever really in the band? Yeah. Like, and uh, I, I would have to say, Because I haven't no. seen you credited anywhere. Yeah. No. I, I, if I you, you really want to look in the history of bands, whenever you think of yeah. your, your favorite bands, if you weren't on a record, you you're really not credited. weren't yeah. credited. Yeah. yeah, if anyone wants to asked me I'll say I toured with them for a bit yeah I was never in the band yeah and I never I don't think I ever really claimed to be no I mean, if you would have done like a record I, or something like certainly that at that time when I was band. 22 and I was playing shows for a good year mm-hmm. yeah. a little bit I thought yeah I'm mean, probably yeah you would have been band. and right. then the night we broke up essentially when I got the are you even in this yeah. band that's kind of like oh, I guess I'm not yeah, not really. Yeah, so, so it sounds, so it sounds like, like you know what? I'm good. Yeah. It sounds like everybody <laughs> at some point band. had their problems with Kyle. Oh, 100%. But, but why did this culminate? Like, you know, like I said, there's this interview out with No Echo yeah. magazine. Yeah. Why did it culminate this. to you? I'll, like, why did all this I, heat well, come I'll, down I'll on tell you? you? I'll tell you why. And I'll, you know, I'll really quickly sum this up for you. Um, band breaks up. I said, we're done. Or I said, I'm quitting. I never, you know, that's the thing. I never said, the band's done. It's not my band to say it's done. I right. said, I'm quitting. Sure. He made the decision to finish the band. Right. I will tell you this. Once that tour ended and I had quit, the rumor got around that the band broke up. Mm-hmm. I showed up to the bar that night. Now, we had been gone for a month and a half uh-huh. and all my friends were there. <clears throat> Greg Taylor, mm-hmm. the original guitar player. Sean McGill was there, the original guitar player. Mm-hmm. Uh... Sean Moe, who was the roadie, was there. Like, I'm, just, I'm getting at a lot of the guys that were part of this whole thing. Sure. And I can remember this like yesterday. There's a silence when I walk in and everybody goes, is it done? And I went, it's done. Wow. And everybody in the bar went, wow. Wow. Big cheer that the band was done. Wow. Um, just because well, they just, were just because they were so close. Just to it. yeah. Just to sum yeah. up that yeah. whole period of what yeah. was going on. Mm-hmm. So. Um, many years later, just to get to this this whole point now, is that um, 
I went on to do another band with Matt Jones, who was the bass player, obviously in grade, and, mm-hmm. and Sparky mm-hmm. uh, from Confine. Yep. And Chris Danner, the original grade drummer. Right. And a friend of mine, uh, Steve Youngblood. And uh, Charles Menez ended up recording the record. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was like the first time I had seen him since the whole... Yeah, sure. Shenanigans. But but in my defense, in his defense, he's probably looking at me like, thank you for fucking firing me, dude. <laughs> Some of the best stuff in his life happened from being kicked out of yeah, like, How can you have any resentment on oh, me for yeah. firing him out of a band when everything you've done? The other thing, too, that you got to understand that led to this all this stuff going on is that the minute that the band broke up every and Charles got... His Albert Levine gig. Yeah, that's when those guys all started saying, "Oh, I never wanted him out." Oh, like Sean McGee, all right. those guys. I loved him. I yeah, loved Charles. Yeah, they, no, you didn't. Right. No, you didn't at the time, man. I, I'll swear on on my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you didn't. It was only when he started becoming successful, right, that everybody's saying, "Oh, he was a great guy." Yeah. What are you talking? You wanted him out. Well, they start jumping on his dick because he's found. Yeah, some and success, you know what? Right? I'm not into that because yeah. it doesn't do anything for me. No, you know why, what I mean. So you? I'm just like, yeah, I I own it. I along with the rest of you guys, fired him. Yep. Case closed. Yep. You guys quit because of Kyle. Maybe I'm part of the equation too. Yeah. But I'll own that. That's that's True. okay yeah. with me. Um, and that's but, where the whole misconception yeah. comes in of somehow hollow. So, mm-hmm. I mean, when this if, whole if thing, Kyle wanted to continue on and do great, yeah, we why, were, why we, not? We why were just like, he? oh, he, he quit. Like, he, yeah. he folded it. Why didn't like, he? He could have found other players and continued to tour that record exactly. and make a new one. And, yeah. yeah. So um, when we did the the, the, the the everything started really brewing when the somehow Hollow album came out because don't forget because that was pretty Abbott, quick too, right? Ken Abbott was a very loved character along with all of us in the Victory right. family. Okay. It, so much so that when I was actually uh, with Grade, uh-huh. I met Dwid from Integrity at a show in Cleveland one night. Mm-hmm. And like Integrity was one of my favorite bands. Like I just love Integrity, right? Mm-hmm. Integrity tattoo. <laughs> Dwid comes back later on that night to come find me, and he's he's been drinking, mm-hmm. and uh, he wants to go out and party. Mm-hmm. So I go out with him, um, and I'm kind of thinking this is kind of trippy, right? Sure. And, yeah. uh, the next couple of days, I went back to the Victory office, and uh, Dwid from Integrity called mm-hmm. uh, Jason, who was the manager there, and asked me if I wanted to join Integrity. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. So of course I go, it's a big deal, right? Kyle and all those guys were still in the band. I said, oh my God, I, uh, I, Dwid just called and asked if I wanted to, you know, do a European tour with integrity. And I said, no, because I was yeah, doing Yeah, you're doing, yeah. So we were loved in that building, in that facility. And Tony Brummel mm-hmm. loved Kent Abbott. Like he loved all of us. Uh, he really did. Yeah. He would take us out for breakfast. And in all intents and purposes, we never disliked the guy at all. <laughs> like mm-hmm. all we knew is Tony would show up in opportune times and buy us all drinks and take us out for breakfast. Like we never had any kind of close relationship mm-hmm. with him that ended up in, I can remember sitting with him in his office, mm-hmm. uh, listening to tunes and shooting the shit. Like mm-hmm. we never had any awkward moments with him. I remember right. going into the warehouse and s- stealing hoodies and CDs <laughs> and him like going like, make sure you write down what you're taking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, we never had any bad blood with yeah, him. Yeah. So of course I call Tony or Kent and says I think it was uh um Delphine. Well, we someone had, had to make the first initial contact. No, I think they already had our demo from, from like just way the back in the day. Like just from me Anyways, touring in the band. Mm-hmm. Tony from signed the band without even like, just listening. like that. Tony just actually like you guys approached, are in it. Tony 
approached us and said, "Do you guys want to put out this record?" Yeah, I don't. Rem- I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember anything there, so I don't want to <laughs> yeah, say yeah. "vier" or "there." Right. Of course, that's how I remember it anyway. Because I mean, it probably didn't happen. Like yeah, that. and that's kind of just the uh, that's the the small details anyway, right? right? Like like the fact, just the fact that you got signed to Victory was Long right away, short, right after grade was over. It was amazing. Right? Long story short, they wanted us in their family. They sure. didn't want us to leave. Yeah, With us. They liked you guys. They knew they what kind of people, what kind of musicians you were, and your what kind of work ethic you had. And Tony how, would fly to yeah. Toronto, yeah, to hang out with us. Wow, he did that several times. Where were they? The where is Victory based out of Chicago? Like Chicago. So we he, they and they did that in the further, course of them. Further to that point, I mean, he signed Kyle's other and he, band, and he signed Kyle's other band. So like we were a liked band by then. We never gave anybody grief, and we were always very pleasant. Mm-hmm. So all of us, right? Not one of us, right? All of us. Um, so the somehow hollow things, but, but, but of course in victory's got to put that stupid sticker on the CD, right? So everything's kind of, of boiling. Yeah. These guys, all the, all the ex members of grade yeah. minus Matt Jones, who was my friend the entire time this right. whole thing was going on. He could care less. Right. You know, it says four X members of grade and that was, Oh mm. man, I remember Sean McGill had a problem with it. And obviously Kyle had a problem with it. It got to such a point. I can remember and Mike probably doesn't even know this. I called them all. Mm-hmm. Like I, I blew up and called them and I said, I didn't make the goddamn sticker. Right. Like, and why would they care anyway? The, it's a true statement. It's not like well, it's anything it, that's, you we, know, I, I would rather never, not have been associated at this point in time. You know what I mean? I can't tell you the amount of times that I did the first couple summer hollow tours and have all these great people show up and, you know, like, and, and be like, oh, this sucks. You know, like it was really, um, it was a tumultuous period. It really was. I think that was really, um, if I look back and I go, the the thing that I regret the most is that sticker 100%. that they put on there. But I guess you know, as, in their defense, as a they're label, trying to sell they're records. trying to sell records. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, that was never approved. That was never something we wanted nope. on there. That was never something that I even wanted yeah. to mention. It was just it was, something they made the executive decision yeah. on because they knew it would sell exactly. copies of the record. There was Anyways. another little thing on there like about who we, what we sounded like and I, I remember writing that. I put my foot in my mouth. Do you remember me putting my foot in my mouth one night with you? I said, whoever wrote that goddamn sticker doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about because you guys don't sound like MXPX because I wasn't an MXPX fan. Yeah. And you go, uh, yeah, man, I wrote that. And, went, <laughs> and it was just me and Mike, you at like yeah. some bar and I just went, oh, fuck. That's we all awkward. made some bad decisions. That was I'm know, still here though. So. Bad decision. Yeah. Well, I mean that probably didn't help us in any <laughs> regard either. And I, I'm not saying that. Oh my God! Like that was the the complete downfall of the whole band. But the the X grade thing really looking back, that really put us into a but what category you gotta, where well, I, it, it I, took the hardcore grade fans and yeah. just pitted them right against yeah. you because they saw you guys as the down as for sure. And that's how we all saw it too. And and I didn't really care, but I knew that that yeah. or I thought um, that's what the actual I can remember some funny was. shows when, after that where like <laughs> a guy we'd play and a guy would be in the back thinking like what he's gonna hear and then yeah. like literally make the the time to walk up and run the stage and like give us the finger oh, like no. five feet from our faces. Jesus and, Christ. Oh, was that hardcore oh, yeah, stuff going down. I remember guys walking in we did a tour. and standing at the back Just and then leaving you. after about a song. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and you know what? See, I don't get that because like you guys know like I got your like your promo thing like 
like blackboarded there and you know I had everyone sign it you you have not signed it Brad I'm gonna get you to sign it before you leave actually I, I, I love um, that at that time Justin was already in the band playing bass and th- things Butters, have changed so I Butters, want yeah <laughs> he is he's doing good but uh, yeah so I never understood that because I liked somehow hollow better than great like it like that yeah, music, well that's you know and that's and that's, that's why I have this yeah this amp right here, this 5150, that is exactly why I have that amp, because of Somehow Hollow. Right. You guys were playing 5150s and Marshall 412 amp. cabs, and yeah. that was my setup for a long time yeah. because I loved that tone of that, that album. Was our, that was our sound. Yeah. I remember sure. I sold that amp that I recorded Head First Straight to Hell with and all the Somehow Hollow records, and I remember I sold it as this is the amp that's, that recorded all these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buddy, you guys were big back in the day. Why would you not? We're big yeah. now still. You know? Um, You know what? And... Um, you know, long story short, so to sum all this stuff up, yeah. is that um, that was that was the why there was a conflict between us, Kyle, and all mm-hmm. those guys for many years. Yeah. Now it eventually <coughs> um, came to a head or, or, or a close one night, um, and I'm trying to remember exactly where it was, but I ran into Kyle, and it was one of those moments where it was just kind of like it was the first time I had seen him through the whole thing. And, um, it, you know what? It, it was at a wedding. It was at a mutual friend's wedding. Yeah. And, uh, and I sat down with him and had this wicked conversation with him. And I said, uh, um, I said to him, look, uh, I thought you, you know, I enjoyed all my time with you, man. Did we ever have a good time? I think I could have done things a lot differently mm-hmm. to not show my emotions as much as I do. I would have liked to have maybe not wore my moods on my sleeve as much as I did mm-hmm. I would have liked to have sucked up a lot of things that I should have because mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's the stupidest things to get mad at like little irritating things that you can just suck up man and just forget yeah. and now that I've gotten a little bit older like those are the easy things for me to do right I know when to like speak yeah. and when not to yeah and um You've grown as a person. I yeah, mean, and he, and he said, you change. know what, man? He said, it's great. And I said, uh, I, I, I can't remember what the exact conversation was about, but, you know, he was saying, like, you know, like he regretted a lot of things that he did and, and all this stuff. And we had this great conversation. Then they do this reunion thing, right? And I'm playing with Matt Jones at the time okay. in, to the Lions. And all of a sudden, he's kind of being a little quiet mm-hmm. because, you know, J-Cloth offered him th- them a thousand bucks each, which... I'm not trying to be a no. dick, but like I can do that in a wedding yeah. typically sure. on a weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, they got a thousand dollars each to go to do this reunion show. So now Matt's leaving. He's he's kind of putting two lions on the side because yeah. he, he's concentrating on this great for reunion. not a lot of money, really. Yeah, and then whatever. It's good. and then you know what? And me and Mike were involved in it to the capacity that we were on the guest list and we went and we oh, cool. you know hung out with everybody yeah. and we had this great thing and at one point in time I know Matt was just trying to be a good guy he said hey we would you be interested in playing the head first straight to hell songs and I said absolutely not oh really yeah I yeah. said that's I I first of all I don't want to go down to that level like in that it didn't it it, it seemed like a real kind mm-hmm. of like a you know and you can play your shitty songs yeah and, um, and, uh, and I said, and who cares? It's not about me. I don't really care. You've closed that chapter. Right? It, it was literally closed, but mm. I just felt that they kept reopening these wounds every time they would do this reunion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so that's kind of where all the 
the fresh wounds kind of open back up again every time they right. would go to do these things. And I didn't, I could care less, man. Uh, honestly, it, when they, when those guys are, are doing the band again, like yeah. awesome, I, uh, Greg, the guitar player is coming up, up to my cottage next week. Like, I yeah. mean, like I still like, I have sure, no bad. I'm going out, I'm going out with Matt or we're going, we're doing a canoe trip at the end of the, with Chris, yeah. the original drum, or not yeah, the original you put all the junk behind you. It doesn't bother it me It doesn't anymore. bother you anymore because it was not, it was like, it was, it may have been a big deal at the time to some people, but you've just closed the chapter on that. It's over. I feel that they got caught up in the whole reunion thing as well. Uh-huh. So in other words, some people are interested. There's old fans that want to listen to it and they kind of got caught up. That's why that interview with Kyle kind of yeah. resurfaced after everything was good. Yeah. I felt like we had just kind of been where it's over like my era and your band is done and yeah. all that and then someone said did you and I remember I can remember I got an email uh, from somebody at Texan did you hear what Kyle said about you in some interview and right yeah. away my eyes start to roll because two things in my head I really didn't care and two outside of the GTA no one else could would care less either you know what I mean yeah so I have to read it sure because someone forwards me the link to it and uh, you know I, I remember it's him saying uh, that uh, you know everything was my fault and I made all these decisions to do all this stuff and I was mm-hmm. the cancer of the band well and two things stuff. that stuck out to me where he called you a general black cloud which yep. I, I mean I've known you off and off like Completely I don't know you real good but yep. I know you well enough to know that you're not a black cloud yep. that's not you and the other thing he said was that you were the reason the band died and that that right. really felt like such a jab because no. no no one person is ever the reason a band dies 100 percent. you know you can't kill a band with one member leaving and like i said that's why i felt like they kept asking like you know it, they kept looking to me towards the next like thing when people would quit like i felt like if anything i was trying to like keep the yeah the you were keeping it going, afloat, sort you know? of yeah. but eventually just you know you're, like i said i don't understand why he didn't just continue the band like sure. I, I don't that always kind of like we quit we didn't break up your band no it's it just your band. stopped yeah <clears throat> but anyways, I should preface this because I don't want to turn this into a big deal. Mm-hmm. Kyle emailed me mm-hmm. two seconds after that interview came out. Oh, no. Just so to that's like, what a lot of people don't just know. Just to clear the air a bit? To, to say that he said some things he regrets already. Oh, that's good. And um, he apologizes. And I know you're going to read this thing. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And I literally wrote to him, you know what, man? It's all good. I had a great time. Yeah. I'm not even going to like, I'm not even going to comment on it. it yeah. I'm not going to let, it doesn't bother me what whatsoever that you, you know, but uh, it, I think it speaks volumes to, 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 to say that he did apologize like well, literally before I even had a chance to like, mm-hmm. you know, it actually prompted me to read the interview. All of a sudden I get an yeah. email from him or a, a message saying, Hey, there's an interview. You're yeah. probably going to read it. I went way over the top. Uh, I don't, I didn't mean what I said, yeah. you know, me, he said, you know, me, I tend to go off the deep end or whatever. I can't remember the exact And that's wording. all well and good, but nobody else knows that, you know, yeah. like, like I come across, I come across this, this article and I read it and I go, what the hell is going on here? Like that, I know that's not true, yeah. you know? And like I said, the, the one really cool thing is, and you probably wouldn't know this, but uh, Sparky, like the Tootle Lion singer, he, he wrote in right afterwards and said what a crock mm-hmm. like you can take it from a guy that was there, there when yeah. it was all happening that matt loved him like everybody and uh and you know what man 
I think, like I said to you, I don't blame any of those guys for anything because I think a certain nostalgia takes over. Yep. And I think that kind of maybe took over them for a little while. They were like, oh my God, we're going to go on tour with the Deftone. Like we're going to get back together and like, you know, the, everybody's yeah. super stoked. Yeah. And, and I, and I think it just kind of reality kind of kicks in a little bit. Like, yes, you're the 40 year olds and stuff yeah. like that. That grew up with your band. Yeah, it's cool. They'll go listen to a couple songs, mm-hmm. but like, it's not nobody that hasn't heard the band is going to be probably interested. You right. know what I mean? Right. And just like any of our music, you know what I mean? It was a time and a place. Yep. And I think that they probably just, uh, after a while go, yeah, I guess we kind of went, we went a little bit overboard mm-hmm. with the whole, like, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, eliminating 10 years of our lives mm-hmm. <laughs> where you, you know, where reality is not the way you remember it. I mm-hmm. think that, that, and that now if you probably went up to them and said, did this happen? They'd mm-hmm. say, yeah, it did. Yeah. Right. I, we got caught up in the whole, like we're coming back kind of thing. And right. my God, what, what happened to us, yeah. you know, kind of thing. I think that now they would be like more like, no, you were in the band. Yeah. You did this. Yeah. We are. I think it would be a reality, you know, yeah. would come in. And since that point, you know, we've done the Kent Abbott, uh, Memorial. Yeah. That was awesome. And did like, you know, and, and like I said before, like me and Mike, like, you know, we still hang out with like most of those guys. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like when we have to. Absolutely. There know. should there shouldn't be animosity over band stuff. That I've always thought that was the dumbest thing because, mm-hmm. you know, like differences of opinion in bands, they don't. You know, they should transcend friendship stuff. You know? Especially if. Or friendship should transcend. Forty years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> seems, it seems so like high school. You well, know that kind of that's stuff. That's it. We're talking about stuff that's almost twenty years old. Yeah. Like, my God. Yeah, it I really go, is. Like the stuff is just mm-hmm. like it's in. You it's know, absolutely insane. And you know, and, and, and like it's just you know, it's funny those Busted guys. Everybody, wings will be fifteen years old next that's year. That's insane, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember like when you guys were on that first tour, like seeing you guys in Kitchener for the first time, and that weird like I don't know if you remember, it was like a weird like uh, mm-hmm. almost like I an do, indoor I amphitheater, totally remember, yeah. yeah, and coming down and talking to you and saying like the album sounds so uh, good like it, I don't know how uh, it, where it was recorded yeah. but it just, didn't that, was show, awesome. that show got cut off early the power went yeah, out yeah, right. and, and then someone it came threw back. something at me that was like no. auto cap the synopsis of our career yes, yeah I right. remember that the light the power getting shut off um, synopsis of our career yeah basically <laughs> so we're getting a little bit short on time because yeah. I know you got to get out yeah, of here yeah, yeah, your wedding yep. but I, I just want to touch on the Somehow Hollow stuff like, yeah. so then you get signed to Victory with Somehow Hollow yep. you start touring there yep. what's the first tour was it was it Canada it or? was a, it was one of the <laughs> the most torturous tours that any human being would have to be involved in uh, it was three two or three weeks um, across Canada and we had been booked by um, uh, the Sarah Lutz at what was the agency though it's the same agency, agency that we group, Feld, maybe? Feldman, oh, Feldman Associates okay. yeah and so they had agreed to take us on after the whole grade thing because you know the victory signing and anyways it did a tour with um um the getaway the getaway mm-hmm. it was one of their bands and okay. somebody else snowdog monster closet monster closet monster yeah who was the other avril lavigne guy right yeah and um it was tumultuous. Like it was like, um, I still remember I, I, I had one shower in three weeks. Oh God. And it was, yeah, it was because we finally got a hotel room. Um, this couple, is, this that's, is like, that was one of my questions. Yeah, like minus, what was it like being on victory? Like, did you guys make money? Like, what? uh, no way. Great no. was good with, okay with money only because we didn't spend money. Like we didn't, we didn't, over expenditure ourselves we were pretty you know we weren't hotel you know and somehow we got hollow, hotel rooms. if you played a show with like taking back sunday you'd probably make a thousand bucks off merch just right. because just just from just merch because sales. people wanted to buy something yeah like right. they're like, they're like oh we just, were there there's right. kind of bamboozled 
Yeah. And, uh, but if you did a show like in Sault Ste. Marie on a Wednesday night right. in February, it's like, you know, yeah, it was minus, minus 20. We'd be sleeping in the van. I can remember we slept Jesus. in the van and I, you know, the good memories though, like with Ken and all those oh, guys, still, man, yeah. like minus 20 and you know, Drew's, those guys lighten Drew's up parts. <laughs> <laughs> Read, uh, reading one, out loud. Yeah, one night it's, it's minus twenty, so we really like it's survival mode, man. Yeah. Like and uh so I said, okay, you know what we gotta do? We all gotta um we all gotta get like together. Like we gotta like get up on the loft and we'll all cram in mm-hmm. and uh and of course uh you know there was um Kent was um and Drew was <laughs> like to smoke some of the yeah, herb, yeah, and yeah. so uh, they were. They were like, Can we smoke in the? And then the whole van's filled. <laughs> hot and, box the whole van. And so we're all giggling. And then Drew can't stay up there anymore because he's too hot. But he wants to read us a book. Like he's, but he's dead serious. He says, uh, "Can I read you guys a book?" And we were like, like yeah, a bedtime right. story." So he gets his book out, and it's I don't even know what is going on. But man, <laughs> he's like, and then. Passionately, but not <laughs> It's like, but in your head, you're like, we're gonna die tonight, yeah. and this is the yeah. how we are gonna this go. This is the out. last thing you're gonna this hear. The last thing that's gonna this happen. Oh god. Um, um, but it was did, a lot um, of fun. It was yeah. you know a lot of fun. But uh, then, I, oh, for me, yeah. it was it, for me that it was the the nail for me. Like Brad was, did that uh, tour, and I think he was yeah because you. I I think that was it for me, and I mean we I saw to, the one show with you, and that was it. And then we, we went came to back um, around, we, we went, went to Long York, Island to film the New video. York to film the video for Kamloops. Okay, yeah. and Brad uh, told us on the way there <laughs> that it was at a over. McDonald's that he was done. Yeah. Yeah. And we were fact, like, "Why are you here? Yeah, like, yeah. thanks yeah. for yeah. filming this video." Yeah. With oh, us. And I remember <laughs> the director comes up to me, he goes, "Okay, I want to get these shots," and he's he's kind of he's directing me where to be, and I I kind of went. Hey man, you might not want to get me very much. Yeah. He's like, why? And I'm like, I'm not in the band. <laughs> <laughs> just a few token shots, just to show that you were there for the recording. One thing you don't, the, the thing you may not know about that video is that Taken Back Sunday actually showed up to play floor hockey. They're, they're in the end of it. You can see them. Really? Yeah. yeah. The, what happened was I guarantee good you what happened is they went. Oh, for this, sure. This is the st- fucking stupidest thing I've ever <laughs> seen. Dude, if you put us in, blur us out. So if you watch like, the end they, of the video, you'll see like all everybody, oh, wow. Adam and everybody. Yeah. And again, again, I won't, you know, whatever, man. I, I'm, I'm over it. But like, again, a perfect example of a band that we took on their first tour. It, the first night they hated Kyle and the whole thing, but they loved Kent. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It was just like, it was a perfect example of like, and they'd come talk to us and, and all that, but you know, whatever. Yep. And then, you know, you know how those things work. Yep. It, it's stories kind of get. They get twisted. They get twisted sure and they, they get bent and, and all that. But for me, it was it was the nail. Like I was buying a house at the time. Yeah, and, you were just uh, over the. I got the, married. Yeah, and um, I was thinking it was just for me. It was the uh, it was the end. You'd of been the through it already. You'd already done it with trunk and already done it with grade and mm-hmm. and now you're here. You are well, so, sleeping but, you in know, a van again. I, I booked a <laughs> a European tour. <laughs> yeah, because you guys went to. <laughs> I had no that, intention. Of oh, yeah, 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 that was horrible. <laughs> and that's when you guys scooped up. Tiller, right? Yeah. 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 So we did the European tour. <laughs> and that was some rough times too. I remember you telling me some stories about with, that. Um, yeah. Waterdown, Waterdown was the victory band we toured with. And from the get go, it was just like freaking disaster. There was nobody in charge. We were so young and just nobody knew what, to, what we were doing. I remember really. you was, telling me that Vic, somebody from victory would call you guys and say, listen, you need to smarten up and behave at these shows or else. 
Because well, you guys were getting kind of out of control, right? Yeah, because we would call Victory and ask for money. Oh, yeah. And they eventually started saying no. So <laughs> Taylor started calling his mom, getting her credit card information. Oh, no. And he, uh, one show got so bad. I don't know if this was our U.S. tour or uh, the Europe tour, but he lost his guitar. Oh, he left his guitar at a show. He oh, left no, the guitar. He left it behind. And got to the next show and, and he, didn't have a We guitar. had to go to a guitar center and buy a new guitar. <laughs> wow. And we're like, that's just... That's not how you should go. No, 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 no. Yeah. We were so unprofessional. If, if you think about it, if you want to really lay into it, 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 it went from Mike being the little brother tag-along guy on one tour to the next tour being in charge. Being the, the head guy yeah. in charge of the next tour, yeah. It doesn't work out so well. And we were yeah. so young. We just we yeah. had no clue. We were so immature. We went on a Taken Back Sunday tour um, with... Uh, the other opening bands, it was called the Recovery Tour, and the other opening bands, believe it or not, were My Chemical Romance. Wow. And uh, I forget who else, but another big name big band names, that yeah. came out of that. And um, we were told by Taking Back Sunday's manager to settle down <laughs> because we <laughs> we had too many people up on stage. We partied too hard. You were bringing we just, too many people We were a mess. Yeah. We, didn't even, we didn't even know if we were going to get to our first show in Detroit because nobody really had their work visas or things updated. Jeez. Like it was just so unorganized. Yeah. That, okay, jump in the van and let's hope we make it. Let's hope we it goes all right, yeah. We just told uh, the customs agents like we were just doing nonprofit acoustic gigs and things yeah, like that because yeah. it was just... Whatever you mayhem. could to get across. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah, the guys were not in great shape either. Mm -hmm. No, no, it was it was rough. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so then eventually that came to an end, and I just kind of said I've had enough. Yeah, started working. I remember you moved in with your folks up in the air. I visited yeah, you up there a couple exactly. times. Exactly. So that would have been 2004. Yeah. And working uh, for the old man's company, right? Yeah, and that's basically what I do now. So I mean, yeah. um, that was it for me, really. And uh, the guys until you got into. Catapult was no, you did perfect. You guys were in a band yeah. called Perfect together. Yeah, oh, yeah. we did we, a fun band. We were always just trying to play. Yeah. We were trying to play, yeah. like yeah. whatever. Like yeah. we were just like we got to keep going at some yeah. point. Like, yeah, just just to make some music yeah. and have you know have some fun. Yeah, I, I understand. Some, that. Somewhere down the road, it turned into uh, a thing where you should be making money. It's yeah. like you're going to be successful doing music yeah. where it's like, we're no, not. And then the problem with me and Mike is that we'd always have to be in bands with, we, you couldn't just be in, it'd be nice to join a band with two other guys. Yeah. We felt the same way, but we'd always have the one guy yep. that that's thought every band. it was going to make it. You that's know what every I mean? band. That's the downfall of a lot of good bands. They just mm -hmm. have, they don't have the perfect chemistry that it takes to go where they need to go. Right. You know? Yeah. That's but, in, or, or not go where you want to go. You know what I yeah. mean? That's just fine. But it, it, you know, we always tried to put, to, to, to in some capacity yeah do something musically yeah because you know, like, I know you for sure you're credited on so much stuff like I was looking at your yeah. there's a page I can't remember I think it's like all music or something yeah. like that and it's and it's got all your credits on there were you in like a metal band recently too like I in did, 2016 yeah. I just did a record with a band called Melakota yes um, okay I did uh, all the guitar solos on the album oh nice and shot the video with them so are you playing live with those I'm guys I'm not yeah. um, the drummer uh is from Annihilator, Mike Harsha. Okay, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've, uh, since the Malakota thing, I've done uh, several gigs with Mike, and uh, and he's come in and, and, and played drums for me and stuff like that. So, cool. again, man, like, I, I hate to harp back to it, but it's mm. like I meet all these people and I and I work with them until, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know, and I, it's just, you know, it's, it, it just, just is what it's, it is, It man. just shows what we are, we, you know... We are passionate people. 
Definitely. That I'd have, see that for we sure. have a say in what we do. We never, we don't get steamrolled. You mm-hmm. can't, you can't, uh, you can't take advantage of us. That's right. And you can't, um, you can't, uh, you know, you can't overpower us, but we are fun people. Like, Absolutely. And it yeah, just, no and question. our credit just shows the amount of people that still play with us and still want to, yeah. and are still our friends with us and, and all that. That's where we are come in. So, and, and when you get older, those are the people that you kind of want to associate with yourself with too, right? You don't yeah. want the pushovers as That's your right. friends. I you think, want guys you know, that up yeah, spines. In yeah. a lot of ways, we probably got a bad reputation just because we're not phony. Yeah, we don't care. No, you know? there's no nobody sees you like that. Nobody I know sees you guys like that. And no, e- it, even with the the like like I said, like none of my friends were like, "Fuck those guys, they screwed up great." Like none of my friends mm-hmm. were like that. We were just saw that it was something, and we you know. Without knowing Kyle, we kind of knew like that his personality was what it was just from seeing him at shows mm-hmm. and whatever else. And then when you guys broke off and did your own thing, we just wanted to support that because we really liked that music. Mm-hmm. And, and luckily, fun. I had a couple of friends that were willing to travel with me. I saw you guys play all over friggin' Southern sure Ontario. Did. And you know, you know Yeah, we really appreciate that. Oh, it was, it was awesome. It was I, all those, that's, you. those memories of those shows, amazing. Like Kent grabbing me or even Drew. Like I remember Drew just giving me big hugs and mm-hmm. pulling me in backstage and hanging out. Just amazing, man. There's great yeah, times. Yeah. And now, so now you're in Catapult. Yeah. I play a bass in a band called Catapult. Yeah. You can find our stuff on Bandcamp. I was going to ask where online. to find your stuff. Yeah. Um, been doing that band actually. Um, well, side note to that band is I, I played in Greg Taylor's band for a few months mm-hmm. called St. Elvia Cartel. Okay. Who, yeah. Yeah. They released a few albums uh-huh. and uh, Matt Richmond and I have been good friends and he was the drummer in that band and he said, Hey, I got my own bunch of tunes and he's always been like, Matt, if he could somehow turn his, uh, learning into how he learns songs and things into a day job, like he'd be a millionaire. But uh, the guy just knows everything about music. He knows everything about every band. He can play every instrument. Um, he wrote a batch of songs and he was like, yeah, let's just start uh, jamming and see what it's like. So me, Matt, uh, Greg Fisher and, and uh, Jamie at the time we started playing this band Catapult mm-hmm. and it was just kind of a fun thing we were all becoming dads and mm-hmm. kind of did it on the side yep. and with uh, whatever time you had what, with whatever time and it's still the same to this day like Matt just had a baby his second child and we're kind of on a hiatus now okay uh, but you've but got some new stuff yeah though. we just yeah. released last summer we, we released a um, six song EP it's called Guiding Me Home mm-hmm. and uh, to me really I mean some of my best bass work I've ever done because I just think yeah, I, I wanted I, to I've focus. I've heard all that stuff. It's great. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. wanted to focus on playing bass again and mm-hmm. just having fun. Yeah, and, and there's I a story about how you right? got your Stingray back with Brad finding that Stingray for you on Kijiji or yeah. something, right? <laughs> yeah, so... Which is unbelievable to me. That that was like yeah. the quince, the circumstances surrounding that. Yeah, it was pretty nuts because um, somehow Hollow, when, when they were done, I sold my Ernie Ball Stingray, which was, uh, you know... Uh, it's funny cause everything ties back to grade, but once I was done my first European tour with grade, I took my cash. I went to Steve's music downtown Toronto and I said, I want that Ernie ball. And it was a sparkling Ernie mm-hmm. ball. Yeah. I remember sunburst and uh, it had a black pick guard mm-hmm. on it. Gorgeous. I was kind of like looking at me like, yeah, how are you going to pay for that? You know, like what kind of monthly payments? I was like, oh, I'm going to no, pay cash. cash. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, but I want a white pick guard on it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we'll go do that right now, sir. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. So that <laughs> base was, you know, my first real yeah. 
you know, expensive yeah, base sure. that I bought. And, yeah. you know, I ended up selling that to um, Long and McQuaid. Yeah. Someone bought it. After somehow hollow somebody still Yeah, way after that. And after the whole, you know, Kent thing, you know, after Kent dying and yeah. us saying, hey, let's do this. Let's do this charity event, this show. Um, Brad somehow just said, is this your old base? He found it. Some guys on Craigslist or Kijiji. Oh my God. I said, this looks like your old base. And, uh, I, and you're able to track it down and everything. Yeah. All my dings, all the dings from back in the day. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. What are the odds of that? Right. When you're getting the band back together to play this charity gig thing. Yeah. Holy. I, so when we had our first practice, I had it and it was just, Amazing. It felt very strange, yeah, but it cool. was like wow, very familiar too. Supposed to be back. Yeah, this is supposed to be here, and I still got it. Obviously, still using it in in catapult. Um, no, I don't yeah. use any balls in catapult. I bought a a jazz bass, okay. which is more suited to that style. Sure. It's more um dirty, more sounding, like straight ahead rock yeah. and roll. Yeah, and any somehow hollow stuff we do. I mean, not much, of course, but I'll use the Ernie Ball, of course. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's got that sound, right? Yep. Yeah. That's right. What are you using that's for a ba- for an amp? Um, I got I got the Ampeg Classic head still, and I got a. It's a good head. Yeah, got the cab. A six ten. Nice. That's a four ten. Four ten still. I don't. For a bass, you're lugging that thing around. A lot of guys are just doing like the one, you know, the one fifteen. It doesn't lug around very much, no. Okay, so I know you guys. I know you guys got to get going. I'm sorry, I keep asking questions, but so now you're doing Dirty Pioneer stuff, Brad. So like you're now doing cover stuff, and you guys are working a lot, right? Yeah, I did. uh, I I started teaching in music school right before my 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 first son. My son was born. Okay, and uh, it was ten years ago, Mm -hmm. and uh, and um, and. I four nights a week teaching and started doing a band with one of the guys that works there, Jay Hunter. And uh-huh. just, uh, he has his girlfriend at the time and now is his wife is mm-hmm. just a wicked singer. So I, yeah. I said, I've uh, seen you guys a couple yeah, times. Yeah. I said, I'll do it if, uh, if she's involved. <laughs> Cause, uh, in my head, I'm just thinking like, you know, only way you're going to make money of this is to have something really presentable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's been great, man. And, uh, like I said, uh, it's been about six years now and we, are you guys doing originals too? You know, we, 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 we've got a record that we've written and, uh, the our Tiff, the singer had a baby, right? Jay That's just recently, baby, right? recently. So that was kind of kiboshed for, you know, it's kind of on hold. There's no hurry. Like there's no hurry for any of this stuff. No, anymore, you're, you're you know still I mean? doing the gigs on the weekends and it doesn't really affect that. Yeah. Anymore. Like the funny thing is, is that we do, uh, last year we did 130 gigs. So we, we average 130 gigs a Holy year. Holy cow. That's a lot. But they're three hour gigs. Yeah. Yeah. So if you really want to go back to like grade some all over yeah. us, that's times that by three. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we're kind of doing like 360 odd gigs a year. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a lot of work, man. Being a cover band yeah, is it's not a lot of work, easy, but it's fun know? because uh, the money is good. And, uh, but, but it's like I said, uh, the only reason that I'm still in the music business, yeah. quote quote unquote, is that. You have to take eight part-time jobs now to mm-hmm. make one full-time job. Sure. Yep. So you can't be like, this is the only thing I do. I, That's right. I have to do the teaching. I got to do yep. the gigging. I, I do like the acoustic duos with a few other yep. people. Seen that and too. then I do, um, uh, you know, then I do my own things in the day, my own commerce yeah. kind of business, yep. buying yep. and selling and... Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Like that's if you want to keep doing it, it's like where, you got to keep going. Where can you find that stuff? Dirtypioneers.com. Yeah, right? we have a website, thedirtypioneers.com. Okay. And you're on Facebook as well. Facebook, yeah, yeah. and all the information is on there. Okay. And uh, if it's anybody a good wants to get in contact for 
booking you or whatever. That's how they would do it. Yeah, yeah, man. And like doing, like I said, I did, I've been doing a little bit of studio work and stuff yep. like that. And nice. Just trying to, you know, I'll play guitar for anybody. Anybody that wants to give you the cash. Sure. You know why, why wouldn't There's you? a real art to being a side man. Yeah. That's, I'll tell you that. You know, oh, I'll just bet. Just to kind of play with other I'm people. sure there is. And, and, and what I, my, my goal now, back when I was like, you know, punk and stuff like that, my goal would have been how high can I jump tonight? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And now my goal is, can I go play with that guy and not know any of his material? Yeah. Can I do a gig with that guy right now and just wing it? That's kind of my, my yeah. deal now. I just want to like, you just want to have some fun and see what we can get away with sort it. of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, that's it. Yeah. And what's your number one setup right now? Like what are you playing for guitar? I'm amp? always switching and bobbing. I know you have quite gear. a collection, right? Um, I or you did at one time. Like I've seen you with Eggnator heads. Oh I've yeah. I've seen you with you know uh, orange I got stuff. Everything, man. Yeah. I'm the gear master. <laughs> you know what? We uh, it's all low wattage because you know the day of the stack. Unfortunately for us, is is over. Yeah. Uh, right now I have a Hughes and Kettner Tube Meister 36, nice. which is like just like yeah. a direct. Well, a box that's low wattage. I put that in air quotes because yeah, 36 it's tube loud. amps is loud. And I still play, uh, you know, I play an iteration of what I've been playing my entire life. I always have a like a Strat Charvelli, yeah, super Strat, that and orange a, one. That's a nice, a Les Paul. beautiful guitar. And I always have a Les Paul. Those are the two guitars. Like, nice. Whether I switch them out or whatever, there's those are the old two guitars I have. The Strats, uh, super Strats, because I can play them <laughs> really mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And the Les Pauls, just because. Uh, the classic know. man. I don't know why. They're, they feel good. I don't I have, ever play them. I have very one in that good. gig bag right now, and I have an Epiphone from like when I was a kid. They look cool, man. I don't know. Anyway, anything else you guys want to plug before you take off? Nah, man. Jeez. Uh, Got any it's other original fun. stuff coming out? We've somehow, never, somehow Hollow Stuff is still on the go or it's, no? It's always. Am I going to see another show before the, I die? Or what's it's always on the horizon. You never know. You never know. Someone. Yeah, you know, I still want had, you guys uh, to release Mina and Monuments. Yeah, those two we were, demos. And I really going, want those songs. We, we were going to do it. Now I think that it's going to be probably me and Mike. It's going to be up to me and Mike to okay. make this happen because Scotty was playing with us for a little while, but he's pretty busy. Scotty Taylor. Think. Yeah, Scotty mm-hmm. Taylor's doing a sound uh, mm-hmm. movie yeah. sound. And uh, Taylor, Taylor has three yeah. kids. Taylor just keeps pumping Taylor has kids. three kids. <laughs> oh, really? So he's done forever. <laughs> Did he just have another one then? Yeah, last time I heard he just keep coming. Every time I say to Mike, hey, do you think you know he's going to do a gig this year? Oh, no, Taylor just had another kid yeah his third child is probably about a year old now yeah close to it um so you know we had ideas we had a bunch of songs we even played a new song live Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean yeah heirs to the throne or heir heir to the throne or heirs to the throne what is that song called you know what i still have all the heirs i have all the demos and actually scotty did record drums for Mm -hmm. them i just need to kind of maybe sit down with them and put them back together and i could probably come up with two tracks reasonably quick Yeah. yeah Um, and maybe, I, and then that's, that might be a 2017. That would be project. a lot of fun. I would love to see you guys play again. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I know guys now. That's the thing. See, you're doing you know this a lot of guys. Dions. I can yeah. call in favors now, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think it's just a matter of making the time for it. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough, it's, man. Everyone gets busy. You know, I don't even have kids do. and I understand I, I don't have a job right now and I understand what it's like to be busy. So mm-hmm. I get it. You know, you guys have stuff to do. You got a lot going on. Um, you're great guys. I really appreciate, appreciate you coming down today. You didn't have, Oh, to you this. know what, man? Thanks. As, you know what? We, I think I wanted to, regardless of who listens to this. Like, yeah. I don't know how far I, it's going to reach. But. I wanted to do it because mm-hmm. I don't think we've, uh, we've, we've ever sat down and me and Mike talk about this stuff all the time, but we talk about it more like facetiously. Yeah. Like we're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little tongue in cheek sort of. And it, yeah, yeah, it's always good to talk about. It's fun because it's part of you. It, as much as you want to go, well, that was just a time. It, it's 
shaped you in some way. Absolutely. Shape. You you became the people you are. And I mean, in some way or another, you've always been the people you are. Definitely. But you've definitely had some learning experiences by the sounds of it from being in all those yeah. bands and doing You know what? The, the only, my, my only regret about the band thing, and I, I joke about this all the time, like when I was like, oh, they talk about, ask about my son or my daughter, and they yeah. say, oh, you're going to get them into music? And I'm like, absolutely not. Are you nuts? Yeah. Um, I joke about that, but I mm-hmm. think that the only thing that I can say as a, like a negative about this whole lifestyle is that, um, it, it does twist you a little bit because yep. you, you start off with all the right intentions, but if you don't, yeah. you got to keep grounded. If you don't stick up for yourself, yeah. you're like I said before, you, you, if you don't make a stand yeah. and, and put your, dig your fo- feet in sometimes you get taken advantage you can get of, right? Over. Sure you can. And that can be taken yeah. as, yeah. And yeah. there's some people that just like you, like you said they get a little bit of a little bit of fame you know even if it's local fame and they just let yeah, it go right yeah. to their head oh, and that ruins God. it for yeah. a lot of people yeah. even the fans they go see them they're like no no well, anymore and you know I think back to my career and I go if I could take a time capsule and take that point in time it would be you know my high school band days yeah <laughs> where you had <laughs> Out the of most all fun. the things I had the most fun with it was oh, yeah. it was yeah. that no it was that ten day yeah, no cafe. Worries, man. With broken throttle, looking and forward to those weekend gigs, yeah. and, yeah. and that was it, man. That because it. that was so innocent, and yeah. you just you were learning everything, and yeah. everything was so cool. You were trying to take as it was coming, right? and yeah. you know that's that to me is what I would try to um, you know yeah. give to my kids if they right. are ever saying I want to do a band. Right, you know, just learn always yeah. and have fun. Absolutely, and yeah. be yourself. Oh, for sure. And that's one thing you guys have always been. I've always known you guys to be the same people you are. You're fantastic guys. You come from a fantastic family. Norm oh, couldn't have been nicer thanks, to me. Man. The only time I ever met him, he said to me, what do you do? I had a 12-pack of beer in my hand. I came over to watch a hockey game, and I brought beer. And he goes, what are you doing with that? And I said, what? Well, you know, I'm like 19 or 20 years or whatever I was. I go, I, I don't know. I brought beer. And he goes, you don't bring beer when you come to this house. And he goes, you put that down and grab something from the fridge. And I said, awesome. You know, it's, still, such a, it's such a good the guy. Case. Yeah. yeah. And you guys bust each other's balls. And it's so yeah. funny. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's a, it's hard to understand us at times, but we, we always mean well. We always know well. you guys do for sure. You're always super guys to me and all the guys that I brought to the shows. It was amazing. Um, Thanks, same with, man. same with Ken, yeah, you know, RIP nice Ken, that one really hit me hard when he went. I, yeah, you know, I think I that, I, I think that you can't finish up this up without uh, yeah. saying something about Ken yeah. and he was just, uh, he was one of a kind. He and, was. Um, there's not many people that, I, I think that he's a bizarre guy because there's not many people that either have a, a, a story where they go, my God, he was the best to me at this point. And also have a story where like, oh my God, I wanted to kill him. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think that you're going to have yeah. many people that had that of a well, polarizing effect. Well, that's too, me. Right? I mean, I never had that experience with him. He was always super oh, to me, well, then, you know, super. I, awesome. I never yeah. had a negative thing with him. Right yeah. right before he died, we were starting to talk again on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, you know what? We were doing you know, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the one nice thing about, I think that, uh, how I feel about it is that right before Kent passed away, uh, um, I was in like weekly communication with them. Yeah. yeah. We were, at, we even talked a bit about doing the band. Yeah. We were going to, we were going to get together. Um, the, we the, were always, the problem pretty, was, yeah, he was we a little very, too far gone at that point. Mm. Me and Mike were always very hesitant about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a funny story that I never, I don't, don't think I told many people. I might've told Mike this, but, uh, one point in time, right before Kent died, like maybe a week or two beforehand, um, he called me and he was like, do you, do you want to come over? And I was like, it was a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And I really had nothing on. Mm-hmm. And he was living downtown Toronto at the time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I said to him, yeah, you know what? I, I'm going to come over. 
uh, yeah, I'm going to come over. He's like, oh, great. I got some, you know, I'm going to get some beer and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I got to just past Oakville. And I don't know why, but I turned around. Uh, I, I just, something hit me and said, don't go. Yeah. And, and I think that that sounds like kind of weird right now, but I think that maybe if I would have went, I would have went to Mike, you know, like I can just, Mike, I, oh my God, it, you know, it yeah. was brutal or mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, at least we, <laughs> yeah. we have that final month of, constant communication and then that was it rather than me maybe you yeah. know going to see him and being like wow like yeah. i didn't realize he was in this bad but, of but shape you never know you can't knows. ever tell you know no. what people are up to and well, that's it right a lot and of people hide it well you know you get you get the uh, social media thing going and you kind of go oh man like he's in rough shape right mm-hmm. but i think you know what people don't know is me and kent you know, we were best friends oh, yeah. since high school. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I lived at his house with his mom basically yeah. weeks and weeks. And yeah, then we moved, were. we were in Oakville mm-hmm. and we lived together for, for wherever we went really. Yeah. Um, the, the final thing I want to say about that is that, you know, as the band broke up, we saw him at Brad's wedding. I think it was like 2004. Yeah. And, uh, we didn't talk again for probably six, seven years. At mm-hmm. least. And, um, uh, by chance one night we went to uh, a show at the uh, Phoenix in Toronto to the face to face strong out show yeah and uh, I just every strong out show that came up because Ken was such a huge fan you'd kind of figure yeah yeah you might there might be a chance you'd run into him but, sure you know the ones before that you never did so it was kind of weird you know yeah and uh, of course this one I'm at the merch I'm checking things out and who do I see it's Kent and you know, back in the summer holidays, I was a little heavier, heavier set. And I lost a bunch of weight after I met my wife and started eating a little healthier yeah, and doing sure. things like that. And the first thing he says to me is like, you look like you got cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Only he could say yeah. something like that to you without it being completely offensive. And it was weird for five minutes. And then I just said, come here, man. So yeah. we just kind of hung out all night, you know, had you know when else had smokes outside yeah, yeah. and you did do whatever you had to do and it mm-hmm. was fun man like it was it was just like good old times and i never saw him again after that yeah. kept in wow. contact with yeah them. we had uh, the last thing that i but we i spoke to him was uh the last couple things i said to him but uh <laughs> i invited him over to a <laughs> my house for yeah. like a barbecue party and he said i'm gonna come i'd like to do that i said come on down man i'm gonna get mike out everybody blah, blah, yeah blah. It was a Saturday night. He didn't show up. Yeah. But the following Friday, I got a text from him saying, hey, sorry, man, I'm not going to meet. Yeah, you thought it was the next week? <laughs> no, it just was six More days just, later. Yeah, just yeah. late sorry, text. Man, I'm not going to make it. I was uh, like, <laughs> good old Ken. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I just remember that being so heavy. I was driving with my... I'd never lost anyone that I knew. And dri- you know, I was driving with my wife. It was like three or four days after it happened. And I just was numb for the first little while. Like, no, that, that didn't happen. You know, he, he's not dead. Yeah, I'm bizarre. I just... I remember I was driving with her back from my parents' house and I just, boom, like just tears, right? And she's like, what is the matter with you? And I, I just said, I'm just, I'm thinking about Kent. Yeah. And I, I wasn't super close with him, but I knew him so well and he's always such a good guy to me. And to know that he's gone, I'll never see him again. Mm-hmm. And there was always that maybe you it might was, see him. It was very strange. I mean, I was at work. I remember this too vividly. I was on Facebook. It was like 4.30. I was ready to go home, packed up. I went on Facebook and... I just saw someone post like rest in peace Ken Abbott Jesus and I just kind of went numb and I went 
like you knew he was I shut it down and I kind of just went see you later everybody because mm-hmm. nobody knew that any of the history obviously and then yeah I got in my car and I was like what like this can't be real like I hadn't talked to the guy in years and years yeah. and so I just texted my friend Maddie Collins mm. and I was like Matt what's What's going, going on? on? He's like, yeah, it's true. Kent's dead. Jeez. And uh, I texted Brad. I called him. I was like, you're not going to believe this. And I got calls galore that night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were outpouring on, you know, social media and Facebook. And yeah. people were calling me and they're like, you must be so devastated. And I didn't know how I felt because I was like, I haven't seen the guy for seven, eight years. So I was just, I was kind of just numb to it. And I yeah, was like, it takes a little while, right? I have no idea how I feel right now. Yeah. I'm I'm so in shock that I just I didn't realize it, you know, how long it had been and how different we had been. Yeah, we you're separated separate ways. Yeah. yeah. And um you know, it was just one of those things and, you know, I just was driving home one night and for some reason I had to pull over cause yeah. I was just like yeah. bawling my face yeah. off, you know, it takes a while. Like at first I just was in disbelief. And then all of a sudden what I started to think about was all those times that I'd hung out with them. Yeah. And it just, it just got to me, man. It takes and a I, and while. I, yeah. And I, and once that set in and I just remember, like I just realized I'll never see him again. Yeah. yeah. This is a person I like knew I really liked him and he was always super to me and yeah, I'll never see him. again. Well, that's it. You kind of in the back of your mind, even when you're not, with him you kind of go well he'll always be there exactly and someday they'll be back right exactly. so yeah it's just one of those things and you gotta you know we did the the um charity event that was great by the way thanks yeah, yeah. that was that was really cool and we yeah, we was. had every intention to continue on doing it but it's hard to keep that stuff life up life just got way it's too hard. someone's yeah. gotta run it it's hard someone's gotta run it yeah but we know we'll like do another one i think uh in in maybe a big way to his folks and his family and all his friends that, you know, that, that meant a lot. You could tell it meant a lot to them yeah. that night. I, I, I could just know. Closed yeah. out everybody. Yeah. Everybody yeah, just kind of was like a good way to end one. No, say goodbye. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, man. But okay. anyways, not yeah. only on that note, thanks buddy. Yes, I appreciate it. Thank thanks, you guys Darryl. for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, no way. Let's do it again sometime. Let's I would love to do one with Anytime. catapult and I would love to do one with, yeah, with man. the dirty let's pioneers. Do yeah, if you guys want to do it at Absolutely. some point yeah. and talk about 100%. those separate, those separate timeline stories and sure. go from there. Yeah. But yeah, thanks again for being here guys. I really right appreciate on, it. Okay. okay. Man. Thanks. 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 Take care. Sweet man.